I'm Emily Swallow. I play the armorer on The Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, and I am on Below the Belt Show. This is the way. The Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Yeah, that's yeah, right, guys. That's right, guys. Oh my We're goodness! Back Look again at this for another edition of Below the Belt Show. You've been dying to do the intro, haven't you? In the mother effing house. <laughs> that's right, hose. guys. Pimps up, hose down. <laughs> that's right, guys. It's Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, your host with the most. Somebody wants to take my host position here on VTV, and nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, um, you guys are going to have to fight to the now. You know, no, the, know he's, already, he he's, already, he's already thrown down the gauntlet. No, you you don't, it. you don't, you don't answer. You're a pussy. <laughs> That's just how it goes. <laughs> wow, it has been uh, incredibly hot here, uh, here in, in the DMV. It's also very hot in my home right now for some reason. I am sweating bullets, but nonetheless, we are here to bring you an, a very entertaining show guys again i'm also it's a, it's from the 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 sheer fiery supernova that is your personality Al. thank you wow holy yes, smoke we're here to make you wet with sweat <laughs> <laughs> that's right and joining on the co-host panel that's right this is the the a-team once again yeah. definitely the a-team here on btb uh, starting with the king of the 80s, a demotivational speaker, Chachi McFly. Well, it's definitely in summertime now. There's no doubt about it. It's in the 90s, like upper 90s today in Baltimore. Woo. It's, man. It is something like even else. The, like even the bullets are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> like, Both of us back know. from our uh, respective uh, Eastern Shore trips. Uh, Chachi going to Ocean City and myself going to Dewey Beach. Um, and uh, it was good to to uh, enjoy some incredible weather. Like, for, for whatever reason, it's hotter here than it is the beach. Um, <laughs> well, it was, I mean, it, was, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous during the weekend. Well, or so I so I was told as I was trapped inside of my fucking house. Were <laughs> <laughs> uh, you on house uh, arrest? Close. I got to I got to uh, join a very very exclusive club over the oh, past the week. COVID club. The yeah. COVID club. The I went. COVID. Oh, yes, that's I went right. two, almost two and a half years without ever getting it, and then wow. it hit me last week. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, 
believe me, it picked the absolute the absolute fucking best time to do it because besides it being like amazing over the weekend, the <laughs> yes. the um every uh, I'll, I'll tell you about a, a really cool thing that we have in uh, the neighborhood I live in. We've got this uh, this event every year called the um, it's it's every it's always the day before Memorial Day. It's called the Governor's Cup. And what it is, is it sounds like it's like some kind of like, you know, it sounds big, like governor's ball. Sounds very fancy. Like, with very yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. bands, but it's the first thing it. from that. Right. Very yeah. elitist. The, what it sounds like to me. So so like uh, every year, like there's this uh, there's this kind of luminary in our neighborhood and everyone calls him the governor. And he always organizes this thing <laughs> <laughs> where like um, we live in the Walking Dead or what? <laughs> he has something like that. He he doesn't mm-hmm. keep heads in aquariums as far as okay, I know. Good, but good. It's um so every year he gets uh, nine different like households in our neighborhood, nine different houses to um host um like golf holes. And uh so like they set up these like, you know, mini golf style golf holes in their in their back or front yards and then at each of the at each of those holes, you have to like sink a you know sink the ball and then also do a shot, and then we do that for like you know there's nine of them and then it ends with this this like big party, at the um that sounds fun at the uh, parking lot for our neighborhood pool and. It is like it is like the one thing that makes me feel like I, I'm not dying in suburbia <laughs> where like it's like actually like a cool and fun thing. And it's only this time every year and every other year it's either been pouring rain or like 110 degrees. And so this year it was it's, like it was COVID. That yeah, it was gorgeous out and perfect, and I couldn't fucking go. And I even watched people as they're holding their putters, walking by my fucking <laughs> oh, house. That's the worst. Okay. <laughs> oh, General Zod, that's a disappointment. But yeah. nonetheless, to circle back to introduce you, because I, I just realized we didn't do that. Also joining us here on the 18 panel is that's right, the man with the common presence. Also, the Persian prince of pop culture, the one and only, the one and only Mike the General Saad. Well, hello everyone. I've already I've already told you my my little venting sob story about the weekend, but it's uh, yeah. it's always great to be here. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, so much to talk about, guys. Oh, so much going on in the world of entertainment. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and just talk about everything going on. With movies, as we always start, and why not? Benji and Joel, why don't you take us away, buddy? It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's right, guys. Hollywood stuff. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so the you box figured they would come on our show and do an interview since they, you know, sat sat there and recorded a theme song for us. They better. They better. They're not well, they Hollywood sellouts. Been, it's only been 20 years. Come on. Don't get forget on here. where you came from. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, after six, after 36 years, that's right. Pete Mitchell, aka Maverick, still felt the need for speed. 
And uh, of course, a Memorial Day weekend, a very appropriate weekend to uh, for this movie to be uh, released. That's yes, the long delayed sequel, Top Gun Maverick. Um, 124 million domestically between Friday and Sunday, and including the holiday on Monday, 151 million, making this sequel the strongest of Cruz's career by far. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh, 150. This is his biggest box office weekend uh, like premier weekend wow um but you is know it, what? is it literally his biggest ever with 151 that's what it says right here yeah his his really more than any of the mission impossible strongest movies. strongest debut uh for the weekend for in tom cruise's story career so far wow um and you know deservedly so guys i mean gotta talk about how good the sequel was um and I think I remember a post by you, Chachi. You, you could probably mention it when when you when you we get your take on it. But uh, you know, it, it it was just it touched on all levels of emotion. Um, for nostalgia, uh, you loved it. Uh, you loved the new characters. The older characters didn't take a backseat to the newer characters. Um, right. And it you know it it wasn't a rehash of the original film. Um, I could go on and on. It was great. It, it had a lot of feel-good moments. The cast was fantastic. The visual effects were amazing. Sitting in a theater uh, for that that kind of film is very appropriate. Although I, I gotta admit, a few parts made me a little dizzy. Uh, maybe it was kind of like getting literally virtually into that driver's seat, you know, of a, a flying <laughs> one of those navy planes. But uh. See, all the real men are there flying planes, and you're getting sick standing there in a theater eating popcorn watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and women. Woman, yeah. That's true. Phoenix. Um, man, I, performances. I mean, gosh, let's talk about some of them. Um, John Hamm, um, you know, um, not the debonair uh, character that he usually is in Mad Men. Uh, more of a very stoic, uh, authoritative figure. And he's younger than Tom Cruise and bossing him <laughs> around. It's kind of funny. Um, Val Kilmer, the Iceman, makes his return. And, uh, of course, we're not going to get too spoilery, but it was, you know, everyone knew that the Iceman was coming back. Um, we did talk, uh, mention on the show how, although he did lose his voice pretty much completely, um, they were able to, um, through an AI program, um, create some of his voice from archive voice footage. Um, so yeah. he was able still to talk and, he, and after hearing it, he speaks better in the movie than, than he does in real life. Cause I did go to one of his recent, uh, oh, Q and A's. Sure. Um, so, uh, it was great to see the Iceman back. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Jennifer Connelly, uh, what a breath, breath of fresh air and she's so beautiful. Uh, she still looks amazing. And, oh, yeah. uh, I, I still, I'm still in love from um, that movie career opportunities. <laughs> career opportunities that movie yeah yeah that, movie. that was yeah she that that that's what brought her into uh into attention to a unsuspecting world that and uh requiem for a dream well her writing that um the mechanical horse and um career opportunities had me standing at attention oh yeah. wow okay <laughs> yep um am i the only one <laughs> I, I might have to rewatch that movie. So oh, that's the best part. I'll send it so to I you. Can, 
so I can restand at attention. Yeah, it's on it's on YouTube. I'll send it to you. Thank you. Um, but you know what? The, the the young cast was great too, man. Miles Teller, fantastic actor, um, who played uh, Goose's son. As you know, Goose met his fate in the original Top Gun movie. And and just the rest of the supporting young cast, um, the elite, the naval elite, including um, including the, the the actress that played uh, Phoenix, which is great. And I thought it was uh, refreshing to see uh, a female pilot um, who is quite quite the quite easy on the eyes. <laughs> I've seen her uh, all done was. up. Oh my god, I've seen her all done up. She's like a natural beauty. Well, she but looked great on the movie. Like she, she, she the looked great on the movie up. too, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Chachi, what were your thoughts uh, on the film? First of all, like I know there was a lot of pressure over the last um, two and a half, you know, years or whatever it was for them to release the movie on streaming, which you know, because the movie was supposed to come out like a couple of years back, and then COVID hit. Um, for that summer, the first summer of COVID, and you know Tom Cruise held his guns, his Top Guns, and he, um, you know, wanted said it had to be shown in, on the big screen, and I definitely intended that pun. But um, yeah, so he held he held his guns, and like they made a ton of movie in the theaters, and really the only the best way to see this movie is in a theater, you know, and the better you know sound system um, you can get, the even better your experience will be with this movie. But, I mean, this movie did everything right. So many times, like, a movie comes out, a, a sequel, especially for a beloved movie, and Top Gun was beloved. And when a sequel comes out that many decades after, it's almost always horrible. You know, and, like, and I know there's probably was, like, a, um, a lot of pressure to, um, you know, do a remake, you know, have um, somebody else play um, Maverick who um, would probably not be white or not be a man. But nobody well, wants to see that. Well, come on now. I think they're not going to go that ridiculous now. No, they, they, what, you don't think so in, in Hollywood? Not for Top but, Gun, man. You know, no, they, I, they, what they did with Annie, I mean, they, they, they could remake anything. But but I mean, this did it right. I mean, this kept like... Um, it's a sequel, number one. It's it's going to... Well, I know, I know. But, but a, lot of, a lot of places, like they want to remake a movie instead of making a sequel. But, you know, but Tom Cruise still looks, you know, young. You know, I don't know what the Scientology does to you, but I think it's, it's Scientology. It looks great. Keeping him very young. And he like, lost you know, all and his engrams. And like I said, like you said earlier, it wasn't a rehash of the original, which a lot of people want to do. Like they want to just like, you know, do the exact same storyline, but have it, you know, updated. But you know, they did a whole. I mean, this this one had way more action than the original. You know, the original was more of a love story. This one wasn't as much of a love story. But it had way more action and way more plot with the action. So I mean, they did right. a tremendous job, and this this is the way you do it, you know. Like you had a diverse cast cast without being woke, you know. There wasn't no um, talking about white privilege or whatever, like, like like the Batman movie, you know. It was just like a really good story, you know. And everybody held their own. It was all great characters. It was kind of like the Cobra Kai approach to uh, movie making, where it kind of like added more to the story um, of what you originally saw in the original movie. You know, and I, and I heard nothing but praise from almost everybody for this movie, which is so rare. You know, especially <laughs> like I said, especially for a beloved movie that. So you're saying you know, the, the movie had no agenda? No, no, no. Had no agenda. It, it, <laughs> the only agenda was to make a great movie that was entertaining, right. a lot of action. You know, and like, you know, even like the um, female pilot wasn't like talking about how she was better than all the men or whatever. You know, that some right. people want to do in Hollywood. It's just like yeah. everybody held their own. Everybody was great. It was all. Um, really good actors in the movie and um 
you know, the only thing I think it was better in the original was the um, soundtrack, but the soundtrack was still really good. Well, they still played the Danger Zone. I think that was yeah, yeah, Danger, yeah, right. And they, anyway, it wasn't like you know, it didn't have like playing with the boys, so there was right. no. Well, um, speaking of playing with the boys, yeah. <laughs> want to introduce our next panelist here on BTB. Perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> was that the perfect segue? Hey. Can you hear us, Alex <laughs> the Fierce? Oh, here. Hello, hi. Let me put my um. Let me put my thing in. <laughs> Alex the Fierce. We'll reintroduce him when he gets uh, all settled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I definitely enjoyed how they handled um, Val Kilmer's character in the movie, and you know that was, yeah. was great ever, to see him. They, was there? I haven't seen it yet. Have they had? Did they have a uh, volleyball scene? No, they had like um. What was they had it, a football uh, scene. Um, football scene, yeah. yeah. Was it, it wasn't. Was it? Was it, it as wasn't as homoerotic as the original um, volleyball scene. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, one of the funniest things that um. <laughs> I don't know if they still have it at Target or not, but for a while they had this like um, Top Gun board game. Like, you know, it's like I guess Target has a lot of like these like retro board games that are supposed to evoke stuff for Gen Xers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was I remember looking at it and it was half half of it. You played as a fighter pilot and it was like strategy with like flying the flying the planes and like dogfights and stuff like that. And the other half was a volleyball game. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was hysterically funny. A volleyball game. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think are we ready to introduce our next uh, co-host joining the panel? Are we ready to introduce you? That's right, guys. He is fashionista himself, formerly Oleg, now Alex the Fierce, joining us here on BTB. Hello. Alex. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. I've been <laughs> since the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, you, you've, been, uh, you've been on our panel a couple times uh, during the pandemic. One time, but I think one time. Okay. After, <laughs> hey, what's after. his name now? <laughs> uh, so Oleg is now known as Alex the Fierce. You're no longer Oleg- the gay Russian? Yeah, Alex, can you tell us? I decided that? it was politi- I had become politically incorrect in the current climate to call me that, so yeah. I decided to change it. Yeah, I, straight I guess, now. Well, it, it's probably the Russian part that I think you're <laughs> your legs. Uh, <laughs> There's just a lot of things wrong with it. Period. A lot of things yeah. wrong with Oleg, right? <laughs> it's, it's now it's no longer 2015. We can't talk like it is. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought it'd be more accepted being gay than being Russian? Oh, um, that's true. Um, well, you just can't like label people anymore, really. Yeah, you can't can't say big gay Al or you that that's that's like like, wait, there's a word for you know that's that's like considered. We can we can say say big gay Al. That's considered that's considered homophobic right now. Okay. That's that's completely fair. I mean, it is Pride Month, uh, Oleg. That's why uh, you had mentioned uh, re- uh, being back on the show. And I f- figured, why not bring you back on the 1st of June, the beginning of Pride Month? Thank you. Yeah. Michael, how are you doing? I haven't seen you at the gym. <laughs> yeah. you guys are, are, you still, are you still a member at ACAC? I am. I am. Why? Should I be a member somewhere else? <laughs> no, no, no. I still, I still go to the gym. I guess we just were, we're, we're missing each other. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but you look you look like you lost weight. 
Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I, that's actually the opposite of the truth, but it's a, um, really? but, but, but that is really, really nice to hear the, yeah, yeah. Uh, time zero doesn't seem to, uh, doesn't seem to stop for anyone. And the, um, but I'm trying to maintain, you're looking good too. I, I dig the mutton chops. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> I just Maybe you lost some weight for, because of COVID. Um, Oh, no, that's true. I, I am just now recovering from the, the oh, great Oh, maybe play. that's what it is. So you actually, you finally got COVID, huh? Yeah. It was one of the last people I know to get. Yeah, you're jumping on the trend. Yeah, <laughs> jumping on the trend, too. Like, I was I was able to avoid it for two whole years, two and a half, like, almost two and a half whole years, and it finally hit me last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah me and Al had COVID back when it was cool. Yeah. When it was... Yeah, this is, this is the, this is the equivalent tough. of me finally Strength. like cuffing up my pants in like 1990. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, oh did you God. have the, the, wow. the Delta version? Um, I don't Omicron, know. Omicron probably. Who knows? I, no, I, I, it's the I had BA two. I'm assuming that. Okay. Was it pretty mild? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was. Oh, good, it wasn't good. at all. That's good to hear. Well, you know, we 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 myself and Chachi are the. Uh, the COVID champions, I guess, because we we dealt yeah, with OGs. The, the OGs that that prior to vaccination, so uh, we're still we're still here today. So still standing, yeah, thank God. Yeah. But uh, Alex, we we're just talking about Top Gun and how Tom Cruise is still very youthful, um, still looks great for 58, um, and uh, we were talking how great the film was. Did you get a chance to see it? I didn't. I have absolutely no desire to see it. Um, I don't, I hate Tom Cruise. <laughs> I think wow. he looks, I think he looks old and wow. I don't know. Are you old. taking it personal? I, I think that I don't I, th- I don't know why the fuck they remade the stupid movie and it pisses me off that it has to be this stupid What's movie. What's your beef with Tom? I just don't like him. He's stupid. Like like that whole thing with like just like with Katie Holmes and Scientology yeah. and then and then saying stupid shit to, to Brooke Shields. I just don't actually he's so arrogant and co- I, he, I just uh, uh, not okay. my type of guy. Nope. Okay. I, completely I, just, I, guess, I mean, I guess I guess I like antiheroes, and he never plays one. You know. That's, yeah. He's always. Did you watch the first Top Gun? Huh? No, I didn't. You watched the, I didn't. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Can you watch the original Top Gun? And I don't want to. There's see a good volleyball, good volleyball scene in that movie. Like, what is, is something, something wrong with Val Kilmer? Like. Yes, yeah. he has throat cancer. Is he? Was struggling with throat cancer. He lost his voice. Wow. And um, pretty much art imitating life with his character of Iceman dealing with uh, cancer as well. Wow. Yeah. So it must be so hard to do to play, to play like you're having, but maybe it might even be easier. I don't know. Yeah. If you have it and then to play it. But anyway, I wish I him thought, luck. He, does, he doesn't. He doesn't look very good. Uh, he looks. Well, he looks yeah. Ill. I mean, yeah. Dealing right? with cancer will definitely affect. Someone's <laughs> someone's appearance uh, inside and out, but uh, I thought is it a fun topic. Four? Is it stage four? Sorry to ask. Um, you know? I think he was going through stage four. I believe. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not positive, but um, he doesn't have long to live. Sorry. He had. Well, no, no. He he got the cancerous part removed from his throat, and that's affected his voice. That's why he can't talk. But if it's stage four, then it's all over his body. That's yeah, I don't know. I might be inaccurate on that assessment, so we'll have to. Well, I hope it's not for someone can fact check what stage. Uh, but anyway, so you guys, so you guys love, so you heterosexuals love that 
heterosexual. <laughs> we did, we but the original did have a very homoerotic scene with the volleyball scene. It had the, the theme song playing with the boys. Yeah, but I thought you could have liked. Yeah, but um, again, you know, it goes back know, to time. What wasn't what wasn't homoerotic that was made in the eighties? You know, I mean, <laughs> and I'm sure it's, you know whatever. Tom Cruise would probably not even admit that it was homoerotic to this day. Right. I mean, I I mean, I I haven't heard him make any kind of statement ever about being LGBTQ friendly at all. So even even to, but you you would you would think he would kind of embrace it since like there were all of these like rumors about him. You think he would probably oh, that's right. well that's right. And he's fucking just like he's just like John Travolta. He's a fucking closet case. He's bisexual at least at least at the, at mm-hmm. the very least mm-hmm. he's bisexual because I know people that know people that have hooked up with Tom Cruise. And they were the same. Wow. Yeah. Tight knit oh. community, I guess. I mean, you know, yeah, it is. It is a tight okay. community. Yeah. I mean, look what's happening to Kevin Spacey. Spacey, four counts of sexual assault. I was so happy. I was like, I don't want to see this motherfucker in a movie. Like, what the fuck is he trying to do, making a comeback? Yeah. Oh, and then, boom, justice. You know, <laughs> I, I, I really, I really, really, really think that. Um, based on my impression of him, having worked around him, near him. And um, I think I think that he was like using God, like left and right and like throwing, you know, probably promising, just u- using like young guys and exploiting them. That's what I think. Exactly what and, he did. And he was probably raping some of them. Yeah. Some of them. I mean, yeah, me and Al met him before at, at an after party, and um, he wasn't too friendly to us. I mean, he, he was spending all his time talking to a couple of twinks, but he didn't really like our kind. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I guess he really mostly likes the company of 15-year-olds or right. boys <laughs> or, 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 you know, men that look like they're 15. Right. That makes sense. So. Well, I thought to segue back to Top Gun – for the topic of the week is to name, if you can, a sequel that's just as good as the original or better in any movie. And uh, Top Gun be- setting the bar, really. The sequel that's just as good as the original. Any sequel of any movie that's just as good as the original or even better. If you think of one that's better. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot like that. Name one. I mean, What's your favorite one? There's not a lot. Okay. But, about okay. about The Dark Knight. Like the Dark Knight's way better than Batman Begins. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah, great example. What about or, like actually most superhero movies? The the second one's usually better than the first one. Really? So, I mean, not, the, not the original Batman. Okay. Well, no, actually, I don't know. Batman Returns. The there's no um, way Batman Returns is any better than than Batman. I liked Batman Returns a lot. You could it like was, it. But. It was way weirder than the first Batman. It could be yeah. just as good, just not worse. Yeah, a lot worse. Yeah, but no, like but definitely. You think about you think about with like most most of the superhero stuff, like um, you know, the first Captain America movie compared to the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is way better. Another great uh, example. I mean, I think, but I think that or like uh, or like Empire Strikes Back compared to A New Hope, like uh, with like genre stuff, I think, 
it tends to uh the sequels tend to like when they get to the second part of like a trilogy i think mm-hmm. it gets better i think one but, of the best ones guys is terminator 2 it is yep terminator okay. 2 uh one of the best sequels um that actually exceeded exceeded the original terminator film yeah and, especially because the original was already great yeah uh chachi can you think of one I mean, Aliens is better than an Alien. Ah. Ooh, that's a that's a that's a controversial statement. I don't, you don't know. Think, they're you very, don't think so? They're very different movies. Alien is more of like this, um, like really claustrophobic horror movie compared to Aliens, yeah. which is more like action. But <laughs> um, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a that's a bold thing to say. Yeah. Um, let's bring on uh, another uh, pa- panelist back uh, on BTV, uh, another favorite of ours, a uh, recurring co-host herself. She's, an, a, she's a voice actress extraordinaire. She's a great mom, um, the adorable one, Allie Dash, back on BTV. Thanks, glad to be back. Oh, good to have you back, Allie Dash. We are just Aww. talking about Top Gun and how we thought it was a superior film. Um, an amazing sequel, how a sequel should be made. And we're going around asking if you can think of a sequel of a movie that's just as good or even mm-hmm. better than the original, because for the most part, it seems like the original movie shines and, and, and usually is perceived as the better film. But there have been some instances, uh, Mike DeGeneres odd Very um, with Batman. And then uh, myself, I mentioned uh, Terminator. Uh, having the better sequel is there one that you can think of that has a better sequel i feel like i feel like there's one that i was just thinking about but uh, i can't think of it like come back to me i'll have to think about that <laughs> you know, I, I thought of another one but i'll you know, let the original the original the, the original superman the, like the superman like Superman 2 was better than superman oh one. that's a good yeah, one yeah. Yeah. of course my name's Right. With Christopher Reeve. Um, yeah, actually, that was uh, I agree with that. So much better, actually. Yeah, with yeah. General Zod, you know, and they came down. And, and you have General Zod in the studio, so there you I, go. <laughs> I have one, Spider-Man. Now, which one? Which group of Spider-Man? Um, there's three. The, there's been three. The uh, newest one um, with Tom Holland, and especially the newest film that came out, um, No Way Home. No Way Home. So you're comparing the third to the first, or the second to the first, or... Uh, so, so we've seen three movies. Which one is the superior one? Definitely the third one. The third one, okay. Where we had, where we got the whole team yeah. together. I think it's better than the first and there. second. Yeah. That's one of the rare instances where the part three is better than the first two. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's even a better one because part three, it's hard to get, like... The best of that trilogy. Although but. even even with that, if you consider um, Avengers Endgame as like the third in the Avengers trilogy, because it's the third Avengers movie. Technically um, the fourth. Oh, actually, Infinity you're right. War. You're yeah. right. Infinity War and Endgame. Right. Like, you know, those are way better than Age of Ultron and the first Avengers. That's very <laughs> so. good. So usually it's been it's 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 limited to sci-fi and. Uh, but I got I got two more for you, but they all still are like genre movies. There's a um, Evil Dead Two is a hundred times better than the first Evil Dead movie, gotcha. and and um, the Road Warrior is way better than the first Mad Max movie. Oh, okay. Now is Thunderdome better than the first two? 
Um, Road Warrior is better than Thunderdome, I think. Okay. But but yeah. Fury Road, I think, is actually the best of all of the Mad Max movies. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's like, uh, but yeah, there's two more right there. Now, one thing you hardly comedy, ever yeah. find ever is that a sequel to a comedy movie is ever better than the original. That's a. Like, I can't. Yeah. I can't think of any myself. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think a close one would be Bill and Ted's two. But one is still a little bit better. Yeah, people. What I don't think most people would say that it was better. I mean, I, I really enjoyed part two because it was so different than first. In the first one, right. it wasn't just a rehash. Right. Um, which I thought like part three was, you know, pretty much a rehash. But even but. even with the Bill and Ted stuff, I mean, that's still sci sci fi. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, time but you know, like like American Pie, like you know, the sequels are definitely inferior to the original. Um, yeah. Weekend at Bernie's one compared yeah. to two. <laughs> Wayne's World, like Mannequin two is definitely worse than Mannequin one. We might have to do some research to make this a future topic because yeah. our heads are spinning. Well, actually, <laughs> it's a good question would be: Has there ever been a good comedy sequel? Like, um, I mean, I thought Part Two I, of American I, I, Pie I, I, was I, I, good, but definitely one. not better than the first. Oleg's got one. Good, good. Alex, sorry, Alex. European sorry. Vacation. Uh, with Chevy Chase was better than American Vacation for sure. You really, you really think? I don't so? think. I don't think people yeah. would agree with that. Oh, oh no. I, 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 I was. I was. I mean, maybe Christmas Vacation. No, you argue that one. Was hilarious. Oh, that's my opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. I, if I could segue back to the the top twenty, uh, number two on my list is another movie that arguably is better as well, and that's The Suicide Squad. The even though it wasn't a direct sequel it's still the second film of james gunn's which you know which is now directed by james gunn but i do have some news on it yeah i enjoyed the second one better yeah exactly but you know not it's a loose sequel can i just say i hated i hated suicide squad i just thought it was awful like i hated now which one are we referring to both 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 no the second second one was worse than the first no way dude that's crazy i just hated i just hated her i mean i think she's pretty but it was it just seemed like what are you talking about marco robbie yeah i mean harley quinn yeah i just i hated that character just like god i can i couldn't disagree with you more (laughs) like that whole nightclub scene and that joker and all that nonsense i was just I was just like, I want to see superpowers. Like, I just don't want to see. I, well, like, they were I just hear bad. I hear you on that. Fuck, you know, like, I'm sorry. It was just like, it felt, <laughs> like, it felt like, a, like it was for kids. Like, it wasn't like. Uh, it, was it was very much not for kids. <laughs> sorry, I'm just being really, really honest. But, you know, that's good to that we disagree. So, you know, it's just. Yeah, that's fine. I hope, I hope that. But the news that I did have on Suicide Squad, um, Daniela Melcher, who played the Ratcatcher 2 character. Zod, what a character. Very easy on the eyes, right? The rat catcher. Of course. She's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So I guess because oh, yeah. she, you know, that's the thing. You you work with James Gunn in one movie uh, in DC. You're going to work with a, uh, James Gunn in a Marvel movie. Have uh, they, have they so disclosed who she's playing? They did not. They just said it'll be a smaller role in the upcoming uh, Guardians 3. Um, and she, and uh, James Gunn said that Danielle is one, one of my favorite people and actors around. And I hope this is just the second of many projects that they'll work together on. So I'm sure um, whoever she plays, um, General will know who it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no matter how obscure it is. <laughs> Very true. Um, number three on my list is Winnie the Pooh um, is oh getting God. a horror treatment. And- oh, yeah. So creepy. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, I saw the trailer for this. Yes. Who asked for this? A <laughs> A Milne's original Winnie the Pooh stories have gotten a horror, a twist horror treatment. It's called Blood and Honey. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> Earlier this well, week. I know, I know, I know Winnie the Pooh's in the uh, public domain now, so they can yeah. do this. I can guarantee that they they're this. Yeah. I think it was this year, 2022, is when it. That's when. Yeah. Oh, wow! So now yeah, but I can I can guarantee that there's like an army of Disney lawyers just like <laughs> sitting on the edge of their seat, wa- watching to see where they can pounce on this. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow. Yeah, and it's not Disney at all, guys. Uh, as mm. Pooh and Piglet are the main villains going on a rampage after being abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin. And Christopher Robbins pulled away from them. Um, he's not given any food, and it's made Pooh and Piglet's life quite difficult. Oh, um, shot wow. in England. Um, uh, yeah, super duper creepy. Um, some production stills and a, a trailer has uh, dropped. And uh, yeah, because uh, so so Disney, I guess, dropped the ball on um, on I guess owning the rights to Winnie the Pooh after it went to the public domain. Well. It's not not exactly. They didn't drop the ball. I mean, in a in a just world, like uh, it's supposed to go to public domain. Like mm-hmm. that's how it's supposed to work. Like right. after after like um, I don't know how long, maybe like a hundred years or so. It's like you know, yeah. The I mean that's why like Robin Hood's in the public domain, domain or King Arthur or any uh, any character. The, the like wasn't that. created by Disney though. No, it was created by. E. Milne, is that his A. name? A. Milne, or however you pronounce the name. Yeah. Yeah. But like Disney, Disney has been really, really like they have like lobbyists that have been working to try and change those laws, and they they succeeded with some like I mean, there's some kind of exception that that's around for Mickey Mouse. Like Mickey yeah. Mouse should be according to law in the public domain, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And and um. You know, there's like, um, you know, there's other characters like like actually like I know that the original creators, I was actually listening to something about this um, over the weekend, actually, which is kind of uh, interesting. The um, original creators have the right after 35 years to revoke a um, revoke um, the rights to their products uh, whatever their creations are, even if they sell those rights to a company. That's why, but it's, but there's some like really, really super specific like conditions for that to happen. But like uh, a good example of this is um, the original writer of the, uh, the Babysitter's Club. There are a group of books that uh, the Babysitter's Club, like she sold it to some big publishing company like years mm-hmm. and years ago and made a ton of money off of them. But there's a group of books like her very, very first books. She was able to revoke the rights and bring them back to herself. And um, so, I mean, that's that's the example. And like, I know that there are certain there's a lot of like Marvel and DC characters where they're starting to try and do that. That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. They haven't been successful with it yet, like, but there's like all sorts of lawsuits 
in play because of it. And you're going to see that more happen more and more often as these, you know, so much of this yeah. stuff is successful. Wow. There's certain laws where if the company that is, um, has made stuff with it, if they continue to make stuff with it, they can still own it. But if it lapses after a certain number of time where you don't make something and then the rights revert, revert back or whatever, and then how yeah. it works. Yeah, that's that's part of it. I think that's that that's what happened with the Babysitters Club stuff because the earliest ones they hadn't done anything with in a long time. It's like later books, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Not uh, that familiar with the Babysitters Club. Ultra, <laughs> so I used to I used to read little the little sister Karen books that were about um, one of the babysitters' little sister. She had her own set of books. <laughs> All right, let's move on, guys. Uh, <laughs> Number four, uh, this is interesting. It's Macaulay Culkin, Rosamund Pike, and Daniel Bruhl. It's a pandemic thriller, which, my God. Oh, come on now. But with a twist, with interesting twists. Mm. So it's called Rich Flu. And basically, the, 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 the virus, the disease, kills off the richest and most influential people on the planet. Mm. Billionaires, multimillionaires, and so on. It's influencers, start... hopefully influencers. Yeah, <laughs> Social yes. media influencers with a lot of followers. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So anyone that has some sort of, sort of fortune, so no one knows. Where I like that. Is. I like this film. This yes. Good. Yeah. It kicks I'm, off in the fall. I'm all, production. I'm, I'm all about it. Where is it? Is it opening up in theaters or? It's in production right now, so it will be in theaters eventually. But uh, Macaulay Culkin, Rosamund and Pike, those are two great, great names. Daniel Bruhl, of course. Um, and it's and gonna Macaulay be hasn't done anything in a long time, when, right? Macaulay, ah, what is he small doing? stuff? He does yeah, not, no, yeah, not as not as uh, his brother seems to. His brother Kieran has been working mm-hmm. a lot in succession. Yeah. But, Macaulay, uh, Macaulay was in a band. I remember reading about that. Like he yeah. was, um, he was. It was like a Velvet Underground cover band, which oh. I thought was the coolest thing. I thought that was like such a weird combination of things. A Velvet Underground cover band that is fronted by Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, that's <laughs> how a lot of uh, actors uh, are musicians. In fact, our guest tonight, which we didn't announce yet, Matthew Lawrence, child actor turned adult actor. Um, he's had quite the story career, him and his co-star, the lovely Danielle Ryan, will be joining us uh, to talk about their movie, their movie. Double Threat. Double Threat, thank you. Double Threat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll get, uh, we'll be talking to them a little later in the program. So he's the brother of the one that goes, whoa. That's, that's his little brother, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, uh, I loved yeah. watching the Lawrence Brothers growing up. <laughs> should be should be an awesome interview a little later in the program all right number running through this list guys number five um another actress attached to the ballad of songbirds and snakes and i know oh, alex you're very excited about this i didn't know film. about this yes rachel oh. zegler from west side story has joined the cast uh, yeah um now what character did they announce what character um I don't believe uh, they've announced which. Oh, Coriolanus. No, they did. No. She's, she's playing Lucy Graybeard. Oh, she's playing Lucy. Yes. Lucy, which Lucy. is the main um, character. She's the District 12 um, tribute. Oh, okay. District that 12. Snow tribute. will. Um, so she's the lead actress. Mentor. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. Very I'm good. I'm excited. Yeah. So that should be pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Graybeard. Yep. Exactly. She's. Thank you. Um, 
congrats to her because we talked about this on the show uh, a couple weeks ago. All right. Uh, number six on my list uh, bef- uh, was announced, ironically, at uh, – well, not really ironically because it is under Lucasfilm, uh, under Star Wars Celebration, when Harrison Ford took the stage to talk about Indiana Jones 5. And the release date will be June 20th, 2023, directed Ooh. by James Mangold. The first time in four decades that Spielberg did not direct an Indiana Jones movie, but Spielberg will be the producer in it. So um, still be involved, still still attached to the film, but not um, not the director. And um, James Mangold is a great, great choice. Like, he's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, Logan is such a great movie. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. I, Logan's probably one of the best of the Fox mutant movies. And, uh, oh, yeah, by far, I think. By it's, far, one of, right? it's one of the best superhero movies, period. It's like, um, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's up there with uh, the best the MCU can put out, too. Yep. I feel and, so guilty. I, I've watched half of Logan, but I never finished it. <laughs> Logan, what, what what superhero is that with? That that's Wolverine. A, that's Wolverine. Old and actually, Logan. Alex, you kind of look like Wolverine. I know, I know. I was actually thinking that. <laughs> you give that guy <laughs> too much credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'm, wait, is that the one that's like just like really boring and like just drags on and on? It's like no. it's like barn film. Is that the log? Is that the no. one that I'm thinking of? It's like it's like has dream sequences and like he's like trauma there's like lots there's of trauma is that the one yeah there's yeah. lots of trauma yeah there's, there's a lot there's of violence a, and it's oh not, my god yeah. that's the worst it does not drag <laughs> on <laughs> ever i was like, like a gay version of flex like, a, just hates everything I, yeah like, he, he's I, against everything we like oh no what am i watching i was like this, this is what is this godar like what like what like what this like what is this this, this is like a foreign film that, that i can't even understand it was like it was like an independent <laughs> right. film from the 90s Wow. I, no way! I could. I was like, "Where's the action? I want to see superhero. I want to see fucking powers. I want people destroyed. I don't want. I don't want any kind of inner dialogue." I, there was a lot of powers, mutant powers, healing was, powers, adamantium claws, stabbing and killing people. If that's not superpowers, I don't right, know. Maybe okay, so okay. Maybe you guys like comic book nerds. Maybe for you, like, <laughs> like. At the top, Maybe it was yeah, so deep. Maybe it was so deep and so in, in comparison <laughs> to all the other ones that like. But for me, I, I I just I watched films for the action and the super and like the superpowers, and it, it completely did not deliver on that. Well, on that. That's fair. Um, but one more thing to add on uh, Indiana Jones Five. Uh, John Williams celebrated his birthday, his 90th birthday, and he will be returning to score Indiana wow. Jones Five. So that's really really awesome. I'm All right, how much, I'm wondering how much work he still does with the, with those. I mean, he's obviously already proven, like, you mm-hmm. know, everything he needs to. So do you think he's actually going to actually sit there and compose, like, all these uh, all this new stuff? Or is it Until just... Until he's no like, longer physically able to. I really yeah. think he's going to continue working. Um, as you know, he, they used him sparingly in the series, um, which we're going to get to, um, the Star Wars series. But... He did score all three of the sequel films. So all ep- all episodes one through nine, he scored all of them, which is really yeah, cool. This is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. But number seven on my list is Star Wars Celebration and Star Wars News in general. Um, the Mandalorian, first of all, um, 
some news dropped. Of course, Dave Filoni and John Favreau took the stage to talk about uh, the Mandalorian season three. So they dropped the trailer, and only the motherfuckers at the convention got to see it. So the public, myself, and everyone else that's a huge Star Wars fan does not get to see it. Um, only those that were intended. So I guess they're waiting for the right moment to drop the the Mandalorian season three trailer. But they did confirm that um, that a couple of the big uh, well, Bo Katan uh, will be a major character in season three, which is Katie Sackhoff. As you know, she was she had a really big role in in, in season two of The Mandalorian, right? Um, and we see some fighting between Mando and other Mandalorians in the trailer. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, it's just really, really exciting. Um, also, um, they announced the release month and year will be February of 2023. So we uh, will have to wait a little while. We were kind of used to getting the Star Wars Christmas present in December. You know, with Mandalorian, but it's not going to happen. Uh, we're going to have to wait till February. But that's okay. We have a lot of great Star Wars content that we're, we'll be talking about <laughs> right now. So, um, you know uh, what? You know, you know what? You know what film? You know what uh, film I like? I liked um, Doctor Strange. Did you guys see the latest Doctor Strange film? Of course you did. Of course we saw the latest Doctor Strange. Yes, yes. And I'm sure you've already I'm talked about it before. Now that's. I now feel that's, so guilty. That's that's what I expect from. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I like I thought it was awesome. It was just like his superpowers are insane, yeah. you know. And well, like, I mean, it's and it was, it was it's and magic. Then, yeah, and they were like in like different dimensions and shit. I love that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So that was the number two movie, Oleg. Uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Bob's Burgers, Downton Abbey, and the Bad Guys. Uh yeah, thanks for bringing me back to the top five because I didn't even get chance to. Oh my to god, that is a Bob's Burgers I, movie. I, I forgot totally about that. that. I'm such a yeah. bitch, you know, you know, like complaining about the heterosexual uh, uh, Top Gun movie. Yes. Uh, so I apologize, but I did, <laughs> that's okay. I'm glad, that I'm glad is quite I all right. Back. Um, all right, so uh, Ahsoka news. So this is also a Star Wars celebration. Rosario Dawson popped in uh, on Saturday at at celebration. Uh, with a first look footage of the upcoming series for just the attendees only. So again, we don't get to see it. Um, and uh, we do know uh, we will be seeing um, Ahsoka in 2023 as well. So uh, one series, though, that we got a sneak peek of and the public get, got to see was the Andor series. This is the Rogue One prequel series. Um which is actually going to have 12 episodes, the longest of any of the Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so we so got a prequel pretty... series of a prequel movie? A prequel series of a prequel movie, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And they're going to have a part one and part two, with part two filming in, uh, in November, which will be kind of be like the second season of, right. of Andor. And that's going to lead directly into the Rogue One movie. Oh, so, oh, so it's going to be about, um, oh, crack, crud. What is that character's name? It's totally escaping me right now. <laughs> well, it's uh, Jin Erso, played by Felicity Jones. Jin Erso, yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, although she wasn't announced. She's in jail. Is that like a lot well, of what it? 
she she was in season yeah she was in the um, Rogue One but she wasn't she is she was not announced for part one of Andor but I predict that she might be like she might appear in the last episode of 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 uh, Andor season one and maybe be a big focus of season two maybe I don't okay. know okay um that's just my so prediction sad. even though I knew like everyone was gonna die I know it, it really had a dark really? ending dark ending didn't it well it leads up to it becomes right before <laughs> yep <laughs> um also um gosh another new series star wars skeleton crew oh my goodness so this one is um jude law and um Filoni and john favreau will produce this one so uh it's gonna be is set this a in, series or a movie a series another another series yeah uh, set in the New Republic era, will follow a group of kids. Oh, so it's going to be more geared to a younger younger cast. Oh, thank God. Uh, kids lost in the galaxy trying to find their way home. Described as a Star Wars version of E.T. and the Goonies. Is what they're describing. That sounds fun. Yeah. That actually sounds really fun. I think mm-hmm. I would. That, that might be. Uh, I mean, if they go like they're. It, I mean, they'll make it kind of similar to Stranger Things, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like. If they do, if they do, do decide to do that. We also have Acolyte, uh, eight episodes, uh, starring Amanda Mandla Stenberg. Not much is known about this Acolyte series, but it's from what you mentioned before, Leslie Headland, uh, the co-creator of Netflix Russian Doll. And this is 100 years before the era of the Skywalker. So this is going to be even before Rogue One. Which is a time period that we haven't seen in live action yet, so that should be. Oh, cool. so that's even that's okay. even pre like Clone Wars, pre prequel. Oh yeah, yeah. Pre prequel one, yeah. Hundred years before the Skywalkers. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like they're doing too much now. They're making too too many series. Like they're trying to go the Walking Dead route. <laughs> there's more. There's more. Oh, there's more. Jeez. Oh, wow. Can we not talk about it? I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting. We for, have like, to. I'm waiting. Lando, for- Lando's coming, man. Donald Glover, Donald Glover will be reprising his role as Lando Calrissian in a series center on Lando himself. Um, uh, as you know, we saw him in the Solo, a Star Wars story. So I expect this to be the kind of the prequel of the Solo. Is, is Billy D. Williams gonna 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 make? Well, the thing about Billy D. Williams <laughs> is that he's in the new sequel series, and and Donald Glover's playing young Lando. Because yeah. we haven't seen 20s and 30s um, Lando. so uh, Just give that man a job. I want him to have a job. <laughs> well, he wasn't in the new movies. I love him. Huh? He was in episode 9. No, I want him to have like a regular gig. A regular gig. Okay. <laughs> he deserves you're, it. You weren't happy with him being in episode 9? That wasn't good enough for you? No, I want him to have like a regular gig. Like, you know, like, like, like. Like um, what's your name? Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Like <laughs> some of these elderly actors, they they have like careers. You know? <laughs> I want them, I want them to be character it. actors, you know. Or like... <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway. I, anyways, I wanted to make this on a separate number uh, eight because Obi Wan is a show that we've already seen, and of course, uh, the first time we're seeing Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Return to the iconic roles since 2005, and my God, did the first three episodes deliver. Uh, we have Deborah Chow, who previously directed an episode of The Mandalorian before taking on all six. You know, she directs all six episodes of Obi-Wan. 
um, and insisted that Hayden Christensen returned. Um, and I'm so glad he did because, man, wow. It just, That's just gave me, I think this is, I mean, I've been enjoying these first three episodes more than the prequel movies so far. Um, and I did, I did enjoy episode three. Um, but uh, there's a new appreciation of the prequel movies now. And I think uh, that's a, another positive thing that's come from this Obi-Wan series, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, what I'm do you guys to... think so far? Uh, Zod and Chach, I know you've uh, tuned in. Um, um, I... oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, yeah. You, you want to throw it out there, Obi-Wan? Oh, sorry. Obi-Zod? <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't, I got a full disclosure, I haven't seen episode three yet. So, I mean, the one that just dropped today, haven't had a chance to yet. But one of the things that really struck me about um, at least the first two, the two that came out last week, was that um, it was, one of the things that was, um, is that, like you know they had done a trend with a lot of the star wars movies um and shows like you know you know with the mandalorian and boba fett and everything where they were going back to like the kind of clunkier 1970s sci-fi type technology um yeah, which i thought was like you know ever since rogue one where they've done that i thought that was really cool that they were doing that and I noticed with uh, with Obi-Wan, they went back to the kind of shinier technology look that um, the prequels had, which was always yeah. something that always kind of bugged me about the prequels compared to the original, well, you know, the trilogy. I think I know and why, because you still have to have some remnants because they, they, they have a production designer that is very, uh, is, has a very good attention to detail, Doug Chan. Uh-huh. And I yeah. think you, you have to have that natural progression from what you alluded to, that shiny and sleek from the prequels to right. more industrial look. And that's the phase that bridges those two together. Yeah. So I, I think there's a reason why we have to see a little bit of that. Um, yeah, otherwise it'd be too glaring just having it jump right into what you saw in A New Hope. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, you have to have that like natural bridge. Well, progression. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, progression, we saw young Leia and young Luke. Uh, more so young Leia, which I think they found the perfect actress. Yes, I agree. For Leia, that. my gosh, she's such a great actress. And she's just as sassy and talks back uh, to uh, everyone that she encounters. Much like, like Leia. Much like Princess Carrie Leia Fisher. did herself, Carrie Fisher's version. The actress's name is Vivian Lyra, Lyra Blair. Vivian Lyra Blair. How old yes. is she? Um, well, her character is 10 years old, but I'm not sure on her actual age. Okay. But uh, <laughs> she's, she's so brilliant. She's so good. You know, that's the thing. So child actors are usually um, you have to cast them very carefully, you know, because, uh, you know, there's still a lot of training that needs to be involved when you're dealing with a young cast. So you have to have yeah. a lot of natural ability. And this girl. Yeah, she's already yeah. better than the actress from um, Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, you have a bone to pick with a young actress. Well, I mean, you think about who are the, like, what are the, like, really, really... Which which one? The one... America Chavez. Chachi was not a fan of her acting. I wasn't crazy about her either. I'll agree with you there. I was... Oh, we agree on something. Wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, there's a there's like you know there's only like two child roles that I remember like truly stuck out at me, and both of them actually like transition. They've since become pretty successful actors as adults, and that's a uh, Haley Joel Osment and Anna Paquin. Yeah, and both of them are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And there's like a few you know, child actors. What about Macaulay Culkin? He was amazing. No, well, I mean, that's the whole thing. Macaulay Culkin, I mean, he still was like a child. Like it was it was still a child actor. Like you kind of like have to, you know, put it at a different standard than you do like regular actors, I guess. He was like a Michael Jackson superstar type. I mean, he was so talented. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still talented. Like he made that movie as an adult party monster and. He was amazing, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that role. But I haven't seen him much, much recently. Okay. But really the guy quick, who was the um, the kid in ET um, is Henry uh, Thomas. Yeah. Yep. And then he's so in Haunting a Pale House. And if, if you're a good act, child actor, you will have a future, and you'll be mm-hmm. acting well until you're adulthood. They, the Fannings, the Fannings, they really made it. Oh cool. yeah. Oh Alan yeah. They're Dakota, both fantastic. Another, another great. Elle, yeah. Okay. Elle, Elle is That's amazing. Ella is amazing. Elijah Wood. But I think if you were okay. like, I think if you're really big as a child actor, it's hard to transition because people want to see you as a little kid. Like look at even look at like Fred Savage, how popular he was in the Wonder Years, and they started looking older in the later episodes. Wasn't he just accused of like, yeah, of like he was sexual harassment or something? He was. He was actually fired as showrunner from uh, the or Wonder from Years. From his own uh, show. From his yeah. Own show. Well, I don't think series. it was. I don't think it was confirmed that it was, it was actually sexual harassment. It was just some kind of like harassment. Inappropriate behavior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think there was a few. He just pulled out. He just pulled out his dick. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really quick before we take a classic cut break, um, I want to talk a little bit more about Obi-Wan because we saw the Inquisitor's group and it's Rupert Friend, great English actor who plays the Grand Inquisitor. Sung Kang. Interesting enough, he's an Asian actor, uh, but wears a very, you know, stereotypical, like, dish on his head, you know? It's a cool-ass uh, uniform, but, you know, you can see some, like, stereotypical connotations for, for those very wide Chinese hats, like Raiden wears from Mortal Kombat, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of saw that connection there. Um, and then we have a Baltimore-based actress named Moses Ingram, who was nominated for an Emmy for... I Queen know, Cabot. I know. Okay, so I'm friends. I'm friends with Moses Ingram with Mo. You uh, actually know Moses Ingram because we're going to talk Mo about Mo Ingram, the, you know, the, the African American. Um, yep, she's an Obi Wan Kenobi. She plays Reba so, one Inquisitors, and she went to Baltimore School for the Arts. And then she worked wow. with me at the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra for like five years. And, Did she really? And, so you yeah, knew her personally? Like this. I, yeah, I know. We were like, I mean, we were. We used to. We used to con. We used to kiki and talk, and we were. What? Yeah, we were buddies. Yeah, and yeah, and then awesome. she got accepted into Yale, and I was like, "Congratulations!" You know, I was, was like, "I'm going to see you in your star," and she's like, "Oh, come on!" And then three years later, look, she, at, look she, at her now. She made she's, it. You know? She is a Jedi. She's she's a Jedi hunter, Oleg. She's Wait. the Inquisitor. She's hunting and killing Jedi now. And uh, oh my god, she, and it's just her it's career. crazy that we're talking about her now because she's actually gotten sadly a lot of hate. Um, from a lot of like toxic fans, trolls, going on our social media, you know, using the N-word, claiming that she was a diversity hire, and just saying some really inappropriate stuff. And it's crazy why, why certain actors get a lot of that heat. Um, but she was uh, also... But she, yeah, wait, wait, Kelly, hold on, hold on, Oleg. Yeah. Hold on, Oleg. Uh, 
she had a lot of heat. It's crazy why she had a lot of heat, only because, you know, they've had a lot of diverse actors, a lot of black actors, and then in Star Wars universe, this is nothing new. But mm-hmm. um, there hasn't been this amount of uh, social media hate to one actress since Kelly Marie Tran. Oh, that um, made me so angry, the hate yeah, that she because, got. Yeah, yeah. she got a lot but, of hate. So but it might but be a combination of her acting that some some audiences didn't like her acting. But I thought she did a great job. Fantastic job. job. She was nominated for Queen's Gambit for an right. Emmy. One, yep. two. She was in um, Macbeth. You know, she had, she had, she had, she played, she played Lady Macduff. They got her fast track in Hollywood. She right. Came out of Yale, and they're fast tracking her ass to stardom. So yeah, the fans could go fuck themselves. They like her. She's the nicest, most humble, the sweetest person. Yeah. Ever, and you would never think. I never thought that like she was that talented. Yeah. Like, well, you gotta you gotta yeah. read this article because I mean fans have been dicks. Uh, Star Wars, the toxic Star Wars fans, DMing her. There's, and- there's unfortunately always gonna be this like mm-hmm. toxic side of nerdery, mm-hmm. especially like yeah. you. You know, there's there's all these people who claim, oh, that's not my Star Wars. It's not the Star Wars I grew up with. Uh, I mean, it's the same thing with like, I mean, you see that a lot in comics too, when you mm-hmm. see that in video games. And uh, there's, it's even even on Drag really Race, just, even on Drag Race, you know, with drag queens, mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. have the mo- they they have a reputation for having the most toxic fans. Like there's like there's there's, there's so much hate, like. If you say something about one drag queen, their fandom will like. Yeah, so true. Yeah, they like they like destroy you, and it's like this is supposed to be about fun and harmony. Like this isn't supposed to be about, and this is supposed to be about promoting LGBT unity and all that. But there's a lot of hatred out there on the internet, and it's it's fucked up. It's it's really it fucked, is fucked up. up. And sometimes really it's up. it's it's so much easier to get attention when you say like terrible things than it is when you say good things. And so why is like, she reading her DMs anyways? Um, if she has like a celebrity account, because yeah. you know it's gonna be a lot of horrible. Th- I don't care what actor you are, it's gonna be horrible things you're gonna find. That's that's a another there. fair point. But I guess she, she's she's just getting this fandom or level of fame recently and i think that's probably why but star wars actually has a statement they said we're welcome we're proud to welcome moses ingram to the star wars family and excited for reva's story to unfold if anyone intends to make her feel in any way unwelcome we have only one thing to say we resist there are more than 20 million sentient species in the star wars galaxy wow i didn't know there's that many uh don't choose to be racist and uh, even McGregor, Obi-Wan himself, said, it just sickened me to my stomach to hear that this has been happening. We stand with Moses. We love Moses. If you're sending bullying messages, if you're sending her bullying messages, you're no Star Wars fan in my mind. I don't understand. What the, what the, why are people the, the, why are people saying well, you can't hire black people in, in Star Wars? What the fuck? It, it only has to do, I guess, for whatever reason, it was a combination of they, they might have not liked the way she portrayed the character and you know and also equated it with diversity hiring uh also mixed with a but lot Disney of did itself no favor Disney kept on well, going around saying they're gonna hire like do diversity hiring wait a so minute then people wait, are going to backlash against that wait a minute there are that is not an example of diversity hiring there are plenty if people really want to find examples of diversity hiring they can find them that is not an example of diversity hiring i thought all. she was great in there in the role 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't see it, but I I didn't see it, but there's no there are no black people in Star Wars, so they need to put some black people in. Well, there, there are, there, there are. I mean, have you seen The Mandalorian? We've had quite a few uh, appearances, you know. You have Carl Weathers himself. Um, what, you know, uh, what, I guess I'm, I guess I'm thinking well, of, even Billy Day Williams. I, I guess Billy Williams, yeah. Yeah, well, that, who, Lover. I was actually just thinking mostly of the whole yeah. the movies, and it's like really they do need some diversity, like they need black. Mm actors so it's i'm sorry i know her personally and i i, and just, I think she's the sweetest sweetest person alex do you think we can uh get her on the show you, you probably know, have a direct phone number don't you? you know we you know we no no we used to be facebook friends but i think when she made it big her publicist told her to like dump you know starting you know dump that oh, face. yeah that's what happens when, dump, when you dump that face so i couldn't find her but I know that if if I would see her, and she and she may come back. She because she worked at the symphony for like ten years, you know. Yeah. And She'll she give you some back, love. She may come back and she visit. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, no, she loved me. She loved me. <laughs> I mean, How could she not? We, I mean, we were laughing our asses off. I mean, right. we, you know, we just had a lot of fun kikiing. You know that word kikiing? I do. You do know that gay term, Kiki? No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, you do. No, you always said you did. You always said you did. No, so, <laughs> so to teach you, to teach you some, you know, teach you a little gay bonics. You know, and gay people or drag queens or gay people say they're kikiing. That means they're like having fun and talking shit about other people and <laughs> and like throwing shade. You know, you know what throwing shade is? Yeah, I know what throwing shade. Uh, yeah, familiar with that. It's become so mainstream. You guys like you guys like co-opted that. That's a gay term too. Yeah, it's I didn't think. Yeah, I thought that was general slang. No, throwing shade came from the uh, ballroom scene, and uh, from uh, yeah, from the whole voguing well, scene. Well, there's a yeah, That's there's a, says so that. much, so much of like normal slang did come from like uh, has like gay origins, like yeah. the word punk does, for example. Well, now it does. Was, well, right. Well, they're kind of like. They're actually from black women, and then gay men t- take them like "bitch, please," you know, or you know, mm. like like uh, gay people say that, and black girls mm. say it, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But, mm. Anyways, I think this is a good but it has time. become it has become mainstream. Like "bitch, please" has become mainstream, or or "bye, Felicia," you know. That's you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. The word. So, go ahead. Oh no no no! Go ahead. I didn't. That wanna... was, that's okay. So like the word bougie, okay, has become like mainstream now, like bougie. Yeah. But when I first heard it, it was in the nineties, and my friend who whose father he was he was African American, his father was a doctor. He used mm. to use that word bougie, like it was it was a word used amongst black people, especially like especially only amongst like black people who are like, mostly amongst black people who are like like upperly mobile, you know, and they're trying to. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like like millennials are saying bougie, and I'm like, that, why are you saying it? Like uh-huh. the rap songs, you shouldn't. Yeah, shouldn't yeah. Say, bougie. Well, yeah, that just it's, it's, yeah, well, it, it's let's, let's, but, let's pin that thought because we do have to take <laughs> a uh, a break. But I figured, um, can we can we bring up one more thing before we go? Because when we come back, from the break, go ahead. Before before we go on the break. Um, it's it's something because we're talking about Star Wars and I know we won't be talking about Star Wars after the break. Something that I really, really noticed and I actually had to had to bring this up as a question. Do wheels exist in the Star Wars universe? 
Ooh, wow, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant thing. Because all the transport vehicles float are either they're either they're either hover or they're animals. Yes. <laughs> you know, like there's all only of the... one thing I can the tanks from Mandalorian were not wheels, but they're they're a ta- they're your your traditional tank um you know, you did the track tank the treads. Tank not treads. Even, not even in the original Star Wars there wasn't a vehicle with with wheels. I don't think so. And that's everything like, seems same stuff to hover or float. You're right. Either wow. either well, either people are riding like floating things or they're riding animals. Like in almost every Star Wars thing that wow. I can think. Of. Well, the Tuscan Raider. Um, what's that? Sandcrawler. That's kind of like that's a an animal. No, no, no. The um the big metal sandcrawler thing. Oh yeah, you're well. They they had like treads. It's like a tank though, wheel. Just, yeah. Yeah. R two D two. R2-D2 kind of rolls on wheels, doesn't he? He, has, he does have wheels. And BB-8 yeah, is kind of a big wheel himself. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. But that's okay. just droids. But that, that's a good philosophical point. But yeah. I did want to uh, take a uh, an interview break. The Chachi's amazing interview. We were talking about child actors. Ian Armitage. He's young Sheldon. This is from the Creative Coalition, uh, Purple Carpet. Um, and uh, when we get back, we have Matthew Lawrence and Daniel Ryan. To talk about their new movie, um, and we have the Amber Heard trial to talk about. So a lot more great stuff to talk about here on BTB. Chachi, are you sticking around? No, I'll see you guys later. See you later, as in y- you will. That's no, a, I'll see you thing. later, like another day. As in Chachi will be uh, gone. The virtual building. Yeah. Okay. Chachi will be leaving the virtual building, but Chachi, you did a great job in, uh, interviewing Ian Armitage, a great young actor from Young Sheldon. I appreciate that. All right. All right. So we will see you guys right after this incredible interview. Hey, guys. We are here. Click on this. Blow the Belt show. Right to Bear Arts. A very important topic we're dealing with today. And we're here with Ian Artemich. You might know him from a small show called Young Shelton, right? Yes. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing wonderful. What about yourself? I'm doing terrific. <laughs> By the way, yeah. I love the fedora. It looks amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So you're here uh, trying to support the right to um, have arts in the school. How important was that to you growing up? I mean, you're still young, but you know, as a kid, as a young, young kid, that help you out at all? Oh, of course. Yeah, I saw my first uh, musical when I was three years old, and I was absolutely hooked. So I did theater reviews for a long time, and then uh, I started acting, and uh, obviously that shaped my life a lot. Uh, I, I mean, the arts have made such a big impact on my life and so many other kids. And again, we're trying to get funding, not for Hollywood or big TV shows. We're trying to get funding for areas in middle America where kids and people in school would otherwise not be exposed to arts, which is, it's not even just about you know becoming like a painter or an actor or a singer it's also about opening up your imagination which can help you in tech it can help you uh, in you know, inventing it can help you in so many different fields that are very productive and help our economy a lot so actually I and I, I uh, we, we were talking about this a lot this morning for every dollar that's put into the arts approximately seven dollars come out to our economy so it really really helps you can't be that right I mean yeah, I know right? <laughs> that's good math so you know what? If anybody knows math, it's you, right? <laughs> yes, sorry, yeah. coming from Young Sheldon. No. But uh, yeah, I think I think the great thing is, you know, if you're not if you're not for the uh, you know the spiritual part of it or the you know the you know the mental health part of it with art, you're, you know the you money. can be for the actual you know, the yep. money because it, it really is good for our economy, especially after a pandemic. Right, it's yes. pretty helpful to get 
people, uh, you know, back doing their jobs, and uh, you know, art is a big part of that. It's so great to see you on Young Sheldon. Um, how did that process um, happen for you? How did you get selected for such a great role? God, honestly, it feels like it was yesterday. I, I, it's, it's funny because I come, I, it feels like we just started, and at the same time, I have no idea how this came to be. I'm so lucky, but um, basically, we got an, uh, my, my, uh, my agent a while ago said that there was an uh, audition for a show called Young Sheldon that was, well, we didn't, it was actually called the Untitled Sheldon Project. Okay. They said it was going to be a prequel to the Big Bang Theory. I was like eight. I had never seen the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> so I went in and I basically just talked for like an hour with, yeah. with you know, Mr. Steve Malaro, Mr. Chuck Lorre, and a couple of the showrunners. And uh, I got a call back and, you know, a win. And I had a, like a three-page monologue to read. Oh, so I memorized it over Christmas at my grandma's house. So anyway, we sent that in. And Did you watch the show like prior to that to get uh, practice? No, no, really. I watched like clips of Jim Parsons. I watched I the uh, the famous the ball pit scene, the bazinga. Okay, yeah, bazinga. yeah, yeah. But uh, that was like it. So then we went in, and I ended up getting the part on, on our flight home. We wow. got a text that I got the part, and I was like, "What are we flying back to Virginia for?" <laughs> now, since you um, landed the role, did you actually meet, meet with um, Jim Parsons and did he give you any kind of pointers for it? Oh yeah, he uh, during the pilot, he was really there a lot, and he complete completely helped me to get kind of the character of Sheldon down. Um, he is still one of our producers, and of course he does the voice of older Sheldon yeah, on the show. But he's actually in New York doing a lot of his own stuff now, but he's still a very big part of our show and the DNA of the whole Big Bang and Young Sheldon universe. Was a lot of pressure going into a show that had such an iconic um, prequel series, you know, I mean, you know, having like such a great character that people loved, and for you to play him as a kid, was it a lot of pressure for yourself? Well, you know, it's funny, it's kind of yes and no. Yeah. I sort of went into it not fully understanding yeah. how important the character Sheldon was. So I went in like la di da, yeah. and then you know, as I became a bit older, I understood the character. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, I, I, it was a close one. I could have messed that up. <laughs> but uh, no, but I, I feel so lucky to be a part of that universe. And again, the whole story is just it's amazing, so cool, yes. and so fun. It takes place in the '90s, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, anything with the '90s that you you like, or anything you don't like? about it god it's like a whole different universe i mean you know, only remember it i know it's weird to think that it was like only 20 30 years ago but uh oh gosh some of the old stuff in the house just like the old toys and things yeah, were yeah, so yeah. crazy to me and so foreign i had no idea what they were okay um, any last last question um any um advice you'd give to younger actors out there I think be kind to everybody, and I think never get tired of what you do, because I think a lot of people kind of can get jaded yeah. uh, in any industry or field. I think always have that, like, enthusiasm and always be yourself and always be kind to everyone. Uh, That's good advice. <laughs> I think advice in life. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. You're right. amazing. I'll Thank see you, you soon. So that was a great interview with Ian Armitage, young Sheldon uh, that Chachi conducted at the Creative Coalition Purple Carpet. And uh, our uh, upcoming special guests, uh, one of them uh, is a renowned child actor and uh, has had an amazing career all the way up into his, into his adulthood. Uh, Matthew Lawrence will be joining us along with his lovely co-star Daniel Ryan uh, in this amazing movie called Double Threat that we'll be talking about very shortly. Um, so uh, really quick, just a couple things uh, more on Disney Plus. By the way, General Zob, we didn't get into episode three, talk of Obi-Wan, but I got to let you know that it was amazing. And you already knew that Darth Vader is returning, but you do get to see Darth Vader. I want to oh, cool. allude to what happens, but 
we all know that Anakin Skywalker, you know, is back and Hayden Christensen's mm-hmm. reprising his role. James Earl Jones is providing the voice. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, overall, it's overall so amazing uh, to see the encounter of Obi-Wan and Darth Vader that we get to see in episode three of um, the Obi-Wan series. So uh, I think we're going to go ahead and introduce uh, our special guest of the evening. He is an amazing actor who's had an amazing career um, since his childhood all the way into his adulthood. And uh, we're welcoming here on Below the Belt show actor Matthew Lawrence. Matthew, good to have Good to have you here on Below the Belt Show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Allie Dash is here because she is a huge uh, fan of your work. Uh, I know, Allie, you've watched a lot of Boy Meets World and, of mm-hmm. course, the follow-up Girl Meets World. Uh, cool. uh, but uh, we're here to – first of all, we'll get into all that uh, stuff a little later. But uh, we want to talk to you about this incredible movie. But I wanted to ask, is Danielle joining us, your co-star? Yes, I, I, I am under the impression that she is. Um, I, I can send her or shoot her a text or something to see if she's. Uh, yeah, but we, we can go ahead and start the, uh, talking about the film and while we wait for him. OK, I think I'm still talking to you guys, but let me just. Uh, yeah, you are. Try to move a multitask. Yeah, exactly. I'm not the best. <laughs> at this stuff. Let me tell you. There we go. <laughs> All right, I'm back. Okay, yes, great. I just uh, sent a text saying, uh, are you on your way? So we'll see. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, so actor extraordinaire, we have Matthew Lawrence. Uh, his early work includes uh, Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And, uh, of course, he's had an amazing career. And uh, we're here to talk about this great film called Double Threat. Matthew, you play a character, Jimmy. Hey, guys, uh, hold on one second. Uh, Danny is actually calling me, so hold okay, on. Okay, cool. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll we'll introduce you both at the same time. That's probably better. Hey! Hey, okay, hey, great. Hey, okay, we're good. All right. Let's, we're ready to rock. Okay, guys, <laughs> let's welcome I'm here so on Below sorry. the Belt Show our oh, special God. guest of the evening, veteran actor Matthew Lawrence and an amazing actress joining us. Danielle Ryan are in an... What an entertaining action comedy film called Double Threat. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, I think uh, all of us uh, got a chance to check out the film right on the panel, right? Uh, and we got a little treat because uh, the film will be uh, released on on-demand platforms this Friday, uh, June 3rd. And... Uh, I love the film. I love the film. I love um, combining genres. In this case, you, you combined action, thriller, and comedy, which uh, which is, uh, you know, a breath of fresh air, you know? Uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys um, uh, got involved with the project. Um, I know both of you worked on a Christmas movie. Uh, perhaps that's where you met. Maybe one of you referred each other in mistle, uh, Mistletoe. Uh, <laughs> mistletoe mix-up, yeah. Yeah, mistletoe mix-up, yes. <laughs> that actually came second. We did double threat first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how it worked. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so okay, so double threat works, and then okay, let's do this Christmas movie together. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> 
like let, yeah. let's tone it down a notch <laughs> but you're the producer right um danielle uh, so were you involved in the casting process and 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 uh um, i was yeah <laughs> Yes, so I when, was. when you're a producer, you get to cast yourself and get to cast your friends or people that you, you know, want to appear in your movie, essentially. Is that is that what happened with, with uh, getting Matthew on board? Um, actually, I had never met Matt at all, um, but we, we had like a whole kind of roster of of options that we were going through. And I would kind of go through and watch footage. And like the big thing for me is interviews. I would mm -hmm. go through and watch interviews. And, and there were quite a few actors that I'm like. I just don't, I don't see it. Like they're not, they're not him. And I saw a couple interviews with Matt and I was like, that's it. That's Jimmy. That's the one. Wow. That's simple. <laughs> no, no audition process. You're pretty much Matt's our guy. Yeah. Matt was our guy. We all, it was like a complete unanimous across the board. Like, yep, this is the one. Wow. And you also have Don Oliveri involved who mm -hmm. we've actually had Don on the show uh, a few years back. Uh, Wow, when she was on Heroes, that's how long ago that was. But yeah, uh, she's great. That, how did you get Don involved? You, you know, it's it's actually it's interesting because that character was written for a man, and so oh. we actually had a man that was semi cast for that. And then Don kind of popped into our head and came on the radar, and we're like, let's make this a chick. Like it just it was so much more powerful as a woman. And right. she just, I mean, she nailed it. So it was, it was great. She did. Did you have to, did you have to rewrite the character? Because for a lot of the movie, it seemed like you were kind of like, uh, th there was this implication of chemistry between her character and the, um, the, the son of the mob boss. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Joy's character? Yeah, yeah. Th not really. I mean, a lot of it actually was kind of improvised between the two of them. So we kind of just let them wing it. Uh, the majority of the lines stayed the same. Okay. Um, and, and they we just kind of adjusted as we needed to throughout the film. But both of them did a great job at just kind of like readjusting to that. And I think it works so much better as having just this hard ass chick being on there as opposed to a man. Right on. And if either of you can just give us a little brief synopsis, although we know uh, what the film's about, but uh, for the audiences that should check out this film. A little brief synopsis on it, if you could. Go ahead, Matt. I've been doing all the talking. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, like you said, it's a combination of action and comedy. I think it's kind of a bit of a throwback film. Uh, I think the music also gives it a feeling of it being, you know, a bit of a throwback. And uh, it's also a road trip. There's also, you know, a bit of a love story. So it's got a lot of everything for everybody. Oh, yeah. I'll never look at a pool table the, the same way again. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, love it's, story. It's, it's funny. It's funny that you say <laughs> that it's a, it's a. <laughs> go ahead. It's not good. It's funny that you say it's a it's a it's a bit of a throwback film because I can tell you and this is this is a sincere compliment, but it made me think of like this period in the late 90s when I was yeah. in college where like I saw movies like that all the time when I was yeah. high, like at 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah sure. they were always on like uh, Cinemax or uh, on the non-Skinemax nights. They were always on Cinemax or on like the USA Network. And yeah. so it like and it also reminded me so much of all these movies my dad used to rent. And like, uh, so, and that is, I can say that sincerely as a compliment. Yeah. 
yeah, Shane, Shane really kind of directed that, especially even like in the trailer, like it's very nineties action. Like that was just kind of like what we were aiming for. And I love it. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Lots of so nostalgia. Sh- yeah. So Shane is the director and the writer is CJ Wally. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. Very, very great collaboration of what we saw. And let's go into your characters. Of course, uh, Danielle, you play Natasha, who sometimes is Tasha and sometimes is Nat. So it's a, yeah. a portion of your name for good reason, because you have a mm-hmm. split personality. Correct. Uh, where one, uh, I guess, uh, is the badass one, the the chaotic one, um, and puts the ponytail, right? Uh, yeah, she's, uh, full, she's full chaos, full on. <laughs> you right? can watch it. Yeah. And then the other... Uh, the other uh, personality is the Nat of the Natasha, which is the more normal, um, the hair's down. Um, kind of normal, naive, just kind of bubbly, bouncing around, like life is great kind of character. And then all of a right. sudden, when shit hits the fan, then all of a sudden, the other one takes over. Yes, yes. And we saw that in the opening scene, which was uh, such a pivotal scene because that's where your characters mean. That's the convenience store scene. We'll try not to get too spoilery, obviously. Um, yeah. I don't want to do that. But uh, that's where your two characters meet. And, of course, uh, Matthew, you play Jimmy, yes. an accountant. Yep. Um, but, but uh, yeah, a little a little more. It has a lot more skills than just accounting, right? <laughs> well, I think he was learning them on the job type of a thing. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that I really liked about this guy was that he was he was kind of fish out of water with it. Like he was not, yeah. he was really not uh, very secure in his um, in his action stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. I really I related to that. I thought it was funny. I thought it would, it would be cool. Yeah, but you came you became a badass at the end, especially with like all your driving and everything. He caught sure. up. Jimmy yeah. caught up. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. The driving, but what about the flying? That's, oh yeah, yeah. So. I'm thinking, is this this? I was getting like Top Gun vibes for a second, you know, yeah. as you're a Top Gun Maverick is, uh, you know, uh, yeah. the movie we were talking about earlier. But uh, uh, where did this accountant Jimmy learn how to fly? Well, he used to do it uh, per the story. He used to uh, do it with his brother, and ah. uh, that's uh, that's who he's trying to, um, you know, he's trying to take care of his brother's ashes the whole trip. So. I think he was just probably trying to channel, you know, his brother in that moment. He's just, you know, finally starting to break out of his shell a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and Danielle, your character of Natasha, when she's Tasha, is so badass. The The fight choreography scene was awesome. Um, how much was you and how much was a stunt double? We did not use any stunt double. You did not use That's a amazing. stunt double. I- I refuse. I've never used a stunt double in a movie, and I never will. Whoa! All those kicks? Yeah. Like, uh, mixed martial arts? I mean, you were doing, like, rear naked chokes. You did wrestling (laughs) moves, like hurricane ranas. (laughs) Like, pro wrestling moves. As a wrestling fan, I know what that is. uh, That was pretty fun. What went into the the, the training and the the, the stunt choreography? Um, Tell us a little about your background in that. Um... I've been doing stunts for probably 15 years, um, Muay Thai for probably 12. So stunts kind of come quite easily for me. Um, Dr. Haim, which was the stunt coordinator, he was great. We had we were only able to have one rehearsal day before filming. So we kind of just nailed the whole fight in like one day. And then we just it was sort of just like a, a free for all on set. 
So wow. It's impressive. Okay, they they were great. Wow. And meanwhile, you have the Jimmy character just kind of just watching, not really getting <laughs> well, a little bit. It's a little bit later, obviously, gets him a little more involved, but initially just kind of standing back, right? Just yeah, just just cheering Danny on. <laughs> <laughs> did you do your own stunts as well? Me? Yes. Whenever I had one, I did. Yes. You tell the driving. Yeah, I did all the driving. I I really did that. Yeah. yeah all the awesome. driving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so Danielle, did you mention your your experience in, in uh, Muay, Muay Thai, correct? And and stunts. Is that something you did more before um, being? I guess a lot of a lot of stunt people like to start out in the stunt world and then transition to acting or. Was it something you were always an actress but wanted to do more stunts? Which way did it, it go for you? Kind of, yeah, the latter. It was, um, I've always done acting and then just a ton of stunts. It kind of started, I really got bit by the bug during Cat in the Hat. So when I was filming Cat in the Hat, I was working with Jack Gill and mm-hmm. all the Stunts Unlimited guys. And we were just doing stunts all day, every day for six months. And I just loved it. And so that that hit me hard. And I just... I was like, all right, never again. I will never have another stunt double. Like, I will always do my own thing. I saw that you were driving, falling out of a window. Doesn't matter. Like, it's, I will make sure that. Aren't you afraid? You're you're so beautiful. I mean, I mean, I I don't want to see any part of you, like, get injured. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've had a lot of injuries. I've had a lot of uh, broken bones, lots of stitches. But that you were thing one in but that million hat. dollar face, you know, you got to protect that. <laughs> That's a good we're point. Work with great people that take really good care of me. Yeah, that's the important. You have to have good choreographers to make sure they know what yeah. you're doing because if you do accidentally get injured on set, yeah, I mean, you're the lead, lead in it. It's going to obviously uh, pose problems to production, but yeah, it's all about trust. You got to trust the people that you're working with, you're fighting with, and mm-hmm. when and full-on punches and kicks it like literally half an inch from your face you gotta know they're not gonna connect and oh, you did you did so amazing danielle so Thank amazing you. wow really fun i was very blessed with the team that i worked with awesome ali you you had a question your, your wheels were turning oh um in cat in the hat i think i read you were thing one yes that's awesome yeah that was a fun one very fun thing one wow i guess yeah who, who would have thought dr seuss would uh Spawn the uh, the crazy split personality uh, badass <laughs> <laughs> in this double threat movie. Wow. Um, well, I alluded to the um, I alluded to the um, pool table earlier. How, how was that scene for you, the two of you? Uh, <laughs> any awkwardness or? Uh, um, that you... was our very first day of filming. Yeah. Oh, you decided that to get. Was... <laughs> Get it on for the first day production. Yeah. It's like, hi, nice to meet you. Um, here we go. <laughs> Breaking yeah. the ice. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Definitely a little awkward, you know. How you doing? Let's. Yeah. Here we go. We're oh. gonna make out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you it's, both look. You both look great in that scene, of course. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think one of us hit. Was it me or you that hit your head on the chandelier? Was it ooh, sprinklers? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> first time I had sprinklers. Please it. Old. Awesome. <laughs> I think. I what think it was you. 
Oh, <laughs> we just got <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe think it knocked was... me out to the point where I don't remember. There was, was like this thing? weird lamp ahead of us. Like I remember that. Us. And one of us smacked their head on the lamp, and then you hit your head up, like you landed back on like the pool table ball. Oh yeah, definitely did that. Like it's 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 not as sexy as it seems on the no, screen. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe they should replace Amber Heard with you in the next Aquaman film. Oh wow! Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. Mara, you could Let's totally start, play Mara. Start a petition. Let's start a petition. Have you met I'm, Amber, uh, <laughs> I, I can see that there's, there's there's some you know obviously uh, she I, was I like she, like symmetrically she like com some computer said that she was the best looking person woman you know, in the universe, because in the, in the world, because symmetrically her face is like perfect or something. Some computer did an, an analysis. Okay. Darn supercomputer. And you look, huh? I can't be with a computer. <laughs> right, she was probably a computer the whole time. <laughs> That's how you could be a psychopath on, on yeah, testimony, right? right? Yeah. But, uh, we'll, we'll get, we'll get it. Has anyone ever told you you look a little bit like Amber Heard? I mean, I mean that as a compliment. I think she's gorgeous. Really? Do you think Daniel looks like Amber Heard? Really? I don't know. I, I never definitely thought about prettier. Yeah, definitely prettier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, my ego just went up a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I think she's beautiful. It's sad that it's sad that what happened to her, you know, it's sad that this, I think, yeah. I don't, I mean, I wonder if she's ever even going to get another part again. Yeah. We will, we will oh, like, pin that one. We'll talk about that one yeah. later. But one thing that I thought was really, really funny uh, was uh, a stab at the Hallmark movies because both of you appeared in that Christmas uh, movie, Christmas mix-up, uh, Mistletoe mix-up. And uh, one of the lines in the film was, is this a Hallmark movie? <laughs> was that <laughs> because both of you have previously worked on such type of films? Or yep. where that, did that line come from? I don't know. Matt wrote it. Wait, what? Matt, that was your line about the Hallmark movies in that in the film? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> was it? Wait. No, I don't think it was. Was it? I don't know. I thought you No. Were... No. <laughs> Wait, which movie are we talking about here? Mistletoe Mix Up. Well, Mistletoe Mix Up was the film you guys worked together, but there was a line in Double threat that alluded to oh, a Hallmark oh, movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I was curious if that was kind of like a, a tongue in cheek for, for your mistletoe mix up film. I think that was just a director Shane stabbing. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what it was for sure. Right. Right. Um, and then um, not only does it, and I mean, obviously a lot of great <coughs> fight, choreo fight choreography, a lot of weapons and um, also horse and bow and arrow. Oh, wow. I mean, you're like utilizing every single skill that an actor needs on their resume <laughs> that, that, that yeah. makes them hireable. Oh, funny story about the uh, horse scene. Yeah. Uh, I brought in a horse that I trusted. I see him every day. I know the wrangler and the trainer very, very well. He's a good friend of mine. Right. And during the scene, there's a guy that's holding on to the back of like the raptor that I'm technically supposed to be shooting at. And he bet me 50 bucks that I wouldn't be able to hit him. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. And so 
we're going and I can't see anything like rocks are flying and hitting us, me and the horse in the face. Like it's pure dust. Can't see anything. And I finally get like a little bit of a clear shot. And so I take it. It hit him right in the ass. Like, wow. Did you get the $50? I was like, I got the $50. But then I found out who's actually like a huge UFC fighter. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you could have choked him out. I saw that uh, rear naked choke that you did, you, that you used in your fight choreography. Like, so, you oh, know, like, you, I had to you, to- right. you totally know what you're doing. So, again, there was so much action and, and uh, adventure and um, drama and um, and, of course, a twist that we're not going to talk about now, um, which is. Yeah, you allude more to the double personality, which is very interesting. Um, but at the end, um, I guess I won't say what character, but one character does say um, that they want to finish this once and for all. So, are you? Could there be a sequel um, uh, based on the fact that it kind of uh, had some hanging, a little bit of a hanging thread, basically, for a sequel for Double Threat? It's been talked about. Oh, good. Awesome. Be really bad. <laughs> I think there's still more story to be told, right? <laughs> Matt, would you agree? Sure, definitely. Okay, Lots cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a what a, what a really fun, to, fun film. The sequel yeah. to this the story to the sequel is very interesting. Let's put it. Oh, there's a story out there. Okay, good. Uh, I don't know what that one is. It's it's good. <laughs> oh good wheels well, spin like it's happening oh, cool. how was it going from working on double threat to doing a fun christmas movie together kind of like going from um um the club to like a family dinner awesome <laughs> that's a good analogy i like that one and i saw your um your little brother directed yes andy lawrence that's awesome i yeah how many yeah. movies have you guys all done together? Oh, the three of us? God. Yeah. It's probably like, I remember watching um, back when I was little. Yeah, I think um, it's got to be about five or six at this point. I mean, we're, we're making others that uh, we're not necessarily all in. Right. So we've actually worked together on a bunch more. But um, the fact when we're all in them, I'd say it's somewhere around five, somewhere around there, five or six, something like that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I think it's great how you, how you guys all work together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Camaraderie. Andy, Do you have right. a catchphrase like Joey does? Like like a one word no. catchphrase? Never got into the catch catchphrase thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something the the offset the woe, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so one of the things one of the things that I noticed in the movie was. Um, there wasn't any like uh, there wasn't any swearing or profanity at all, which was a little surprising to me for like a, a crime movie. Yeah, so was that point, like, a, yeah, was that a, was that a conscious decision? Like, was that a conscious decision when it was being made that um, to do that, to like make it no, more F-bomb. like TV? TV there wasn't any. I mean, you didn't even say shit. <laughs> and, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know I didn't even I didn't even realize that until you I just said. Uh, yeah. No, it's I mean, you go on set and it's like a sailor set. Like you're like on a sailor's boat. It's so that's really interesting. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. no, 
thing on our end for sure. Okay. Yeah. Out, there's but, quite a few. <laughs> maybe that says something about me that I actually noticed it. By <laughs> <now>. <laughs> like that in the edit or behind the scenes, there's probably quite a few. I mean, we uh, have a naughty pool table scene. You, you, you fixed the his car uh, very provocatively by <laughs> rubbing the pipes of the engine, which uh, could. <laughs> that was. Uh, that was uh, can I say that's one of my favorites? That was one yeah. of the hardest scenes I've ever filmed in my life. <laughs> that was I laughed so hard. I Matt and I just talked about this. We had a rule: we don't make eye contact during that scene. <laughs> like, don't look at me. Like, do not look at me. I'll break. So the innuendo is there, but yet there's not a single F bomb in the movie. So that's uh... yeah. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. I love it. I love it. Um, Matthew, I was curious, which of your um, previous works would you love to see a reboot of? Uh, of course, uh, Boy Meets World got Girl Meets World. Yeah. Would you like to be in a Hot Chick sequel? This is Downfire. Planes, trains, and automobiles. What do you think would, would – because they're doing a lot of you know, Top Gun Maverick, you know, oh, bringing yeah. a lot of older movies uh, back into the limelight with a new sequel. What, what do you think would work, and what do you think you'd like to work on if you had a choice? I mean, the most obvious one, and obviously there's no way to do it now, is they were working on a sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, like, unfortunately, right right when he they actually reached out to me like about a month or two before he passed away. So oh, geez, yeah, that, that, that is was, one that can't that happen without great. Robin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that can't happen without him. But yeah, so that's really the only one I could I could think of. I mean, people have asked if we're gonna bring back like the show I did with my brothers, but Brotherly Love? I, yeah, Brotherly Love. I yep, think we're I watched that one. Oh you did? Oh cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I uh, I think we're just gonna be doing more work together that's kind of in that same vein but i don't know what we'll actually ever bring back that show i think we're like there's a new show that we're actively um actually pitching at the moment that has the three of us in it but it's a much more modern spin um on it so it's just like it's like just we're just going to continue to work together is really what we're going to do for that kind of stuff that's awesome have you uh, the three of you always been so close yeah i mean there's always times where like we, you know Andy and I will be closer and then all of a sudden Joe will kind of and then Joe will be close you know we go back and forth but we're always tight I mean obviously if, if there's any moment that either of us call each other we always you know either pick up or get right back it's it's uh it's always been like that there was a time there you know when we were like I guess Joe was in his late teens I was in my early teens and Andy was you know I don't know just out of being a toddler where <clears throat> we were kind of like um we're kind of like Mickey Mouse in the sense where we couldn't really do anything. Kids in school, you know, they didn't really relate to us. So it was just the three of us. We were like a unit for a long time. So when you build that kind of, on top of the fact that genetically we have a lot in common, when you build that kind of, you know, unit together that is your personal and your work, it's it's a, quite a bond that you have. That's kind awesome. of like a war bond. I love I always, it. Nobody else could possibly understand. Like, I got to relate to the Jonas Brothers, actually, because... I bumped into them and it's just like they knew and I knew like they we just were like, oh, there's only a few people that could really quite understand what it's like. And of course, you'd have to kind of go through it to understand. So they they get it. They understand what it's like, you know. Yeah, that's so awesome. 
Yeah. Matt, so, Matthew, so Matt, yes. Matthew, what's uh tell tell me about your experience on that worst cooks in America. Like you know, I gotta be honest, I had never seen it um <laughs> before, but I'd always uh I was actually it was ironic that I was desperately trying to figure out cooking because I was the only one that in my house that had anything to do with cooking. I wasn't very good at it, so my agent at the time was like, you know what? I've got a, a producer friend on this. Why don't you just go and do it and you'll learn how to cook and it'll be amazing. So I was like, yippee, I'm going to go learn how to cook. I had no idea that it was like you have to cook in 10 minutes and it's completely not what they show you. It's they we shot it. First of all, we shot a new episode every day They and they tell you on TV that you get a week to practice. And so I was kind of bummed because it's just so. It's it's all about the entertainment and it's not about you learning, which is what I kind of signed up to do. So I was bummed, mm -hmm. honestly. I didn't. I came away with like two recipes and a, just a completely cluttered mind. And I was like, I, I would have loved to actually have gotten a chance to really get in there and learn how to cook. That would have been great, but I didn't really get that. So that was kind mm, of a bummer. That was kind of a bummer, yeah. And like by like the the fourth day, I mean, I'm not kidding. They said we pulled the longest day in Food Network history, which was like 16, 17 hours. Oh, and then wow. and we shot like two episodes in a day. And we're supposed to actually pretend like we got all that. That's what was frustrating me the more. I was like, I just want to tell the truth. I had 10 minutes to, to, to learn this and then do it. Not a week. I was like, this is so frustrating. But, you know, you can't do that when you're on a show. You have to be like, yep, I suck. <laughs> like, you know. I was bummed. I was like, I was just expecting a much more real, authentic experience, and I did not get that. Yeah. I feel like that okay. happens a lot with reality TV. Yeah. That was my first time ever doing reality TV, and that is 100% my last. Mm -hmm. Last. Okay. So we'll you won't do never. We'll never go. I always steered away because they always mm -hmm. tried with my family to do, do like a reality show. They always yeah, Dancing with the Stars. Did yeah. You met, always you met tried. Your former wife on Dancing with the Stars, right? Yes, and I I refuse to do that one. I just don't really like reality. But I thought for mm -hmm. some reason I was like, oh, cooking, this will be different. I should have mm -hmm. watched my own fault. Um, I would have figured it out real quick. Um, mm -hmm. and uh, but it's the same thing. It's it's all entertainment value. You're not learning anything. And I just I was like, <laughs> and I don't like it. Like I don't. I just I don't like the style of TV. I never tune in and watch that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I I I'm I'm not a fan of reality. Okay. So can I ask you a question? Were, were, did, did you act in Dynasty? Um, oh, did you I, was I was a baby. Uh, I was like two years old, I think. Yeah. So you don't remember Joan Collins or anything like that? You know, I have vague, I've got weird, vague memories. I know I was Heather Locklear's baby. And oh, wow. I have a weird memory of her. Wait, so you played her baby with Stephen Carrington? I guess. Oh, my God. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's so weird. Yes, yeah. I can't believe I'm meeting you. Matthew, the universe comes around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only have one memory. I have a memory of like a blue, like I know I was being howled, and I have a I, there was this like blue dress and like bangs and curly hair, and that's kind of what I remember. And I I know it was Heather Locklear's face. Have you worked? With her, have you seen her or worked with her since? Or no? No. Funny thing, no, I have not. I have I have never bumped into her or anything because um. You know, also it would have been a little awkward being like a grown man with like gray in my beard being like, I played your baby. She probably wouldn't take it as a comment. No, she wouldn't take that very well. So, 
Yeah. I, I think a Planes, Trains, Automobiles sequel with Steve Martin would work, personally. That'd be super cool, man. That'd be yeah, super cool. Sadly, John's um, not with us, but... Um, and I know we keep losing these incredible comedic minds. He was another, and just an astounding guy, too. John Candy was, oh, man. Yeah. And and we, my brother went on to do an, another movie with him later on, and so we, I spent two, you know, long experiences with him. And the crazy thing about planes, trains, and automobiles is that it two movies, so it was a road trip movie and a family movie, and they shot both. So I actually filmed and worked for six months with those two guys. Wow. And they didn't use that movie. They used obviously the road trip movie, which was the way they needed to go. That was the, the brilliant part about wow. the movie. That's but there's a, a whole other movie that's a family movie with these guys. Like yeah, the I, I remember hearing day. about that. That's crazy. Yeah. The, 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 a child the actor, trip. that's that's a lot of labor labor hours <laughs> for two different movies, uh, versions yeah. of the movie. Yeah, they shot two, man. Wow, that is wild. That is yeah. wild. And Matthew, you wrote a recent episode of Hawaii Five-0. Oh, yeah. That was, that, well, that's another, that's another family connection. So Andy was on that show um, for... Uh, three seasons my younger brother and um he made friends with the second producer and he wanted me uh <laughs> he wanted me to visit him in hawaii so and he knew i couldn't go visit him unless i was working so he got oh them. due to covid right <laughs> <laughs> yeah just due to a whole bunch of different things right so, how, how yeah. that's that's brilliant so, yeah so he just got me the job so i could go and hang out with him in oh that's so that's dope awesome. they, they wrote the character <laughs> yeah. you play the character of uh josh I'm reading yeah yeah, yeah. And speaking of uh, reboots, so Hawaii Five O is a reboot. Magnum PI is a reboot. And I know Danielle, you you did a, an episode of Magnum PI, yeah? I did. Yeah, how was your experience on that set? It was great. That whole cast and crew is so fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Plus, you're in Hawaii. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's also in Hawaii, right? You both yeah. worked on two Hawaiian, Hawaiian shows. <laughs> so I spent quite a bit of time there. Yeah, the beach, right? How did you enjoy that beach? I didn't have time to enjoy the beach. Oh, no. Seven hour days. And I I had one day off where I was like so tired. So I slept most of the day. And then I like walked over to the beach and it was like this suit. We were at a horrible, like rocky spot. And I'm like, I'm just going to go walk down the rocks, slip my whole leg like wide open. So I blew it back together. I'm like, well, that was fun. (laughs) Uh, Daniel, you also have something called The Detective with Michael Madsen. Mm hmm. That's uh, upcoming. That's an upcoming series, yeah. So Netflix picked that up, and we'll be Sweet. getting ready. Sweet. Yeah, he's a he's a kick. I love him. Oh, cool. What's, him. What is the premise of that show? It's um, I'm not allowed to give away too much, but basically he's just this badass detective. Nice. That kind of goes through and solves all these really gnarly crimes, and yeah, he's he's a kick. I will work with him any day of the week. Wow. And uh, the director of uh, Double Threat has a film called Night Train I saw on your IMDb. Yeah. Um, you guys are going to be collaborating again together. Yeah, we already did that one. Oh, that's already been out. Okay. No, no well, it hasn't come out yet, but we already filmed it. Sorry. Oh, wow. Back to back, Sean. Back to back Shane Stanley movies. What's going on over there, Danny? There's a coyote right here. Hi. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Hi, buddy. You're good. Stay over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had coyotes and sprinklers and all kinds of wild stuff as yeah. the sun sets in los angeles <laughs> um but Dark. no that was wild that one was i mean so i drove this huge dually 
in this one, the the whole movie's about like this truck called the night train. And we did the craziest driving scenes I've ever done in my life. We were hauling like 70 going down this road, like down these dirt roads, being chased by these trophy trucks. Um, Darren, Darren Patterson was the one driving all the trophy trucks and flipping over me and jumping over me. And I mean, it was, it was a blast. Oh, we can't wait to see that. And of course, listeners, uh, friends, family, please check out Double Threat uh, with Matthew Lawrence and Daniel C. Ryan. Um, um, Yes, we can find this film on all your favorite platforms, right? iTunes, Amazon, DirecTV, In Demand, Mm -hmm. Bandango. Wow. This goes on and on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And it's uh, uh, the Friday, June uh, 3rd. So uh, before we uh, conclude the interview, if Matthew and Daniel, Danielle, if you could let us know who you are, uh, throw out a plug for um, for Double Threat, your characters, and let us know you're on Below the Belt show. My name is Danielle C. Ryan. I play Nat slash Natasha, and I am on Below the Belt show. Hi, I'm Matthew Lawrence. I play Jimmy in Double Threat. And I'm very glad to be on Below the Belt show. I love it. That was amazing. And on three, we're going to take a snapshot, photo up, right? One, two, and smile. (laughs) Awesome. That's great. Thank you. That was a great interview. Thank you. And the film was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Oh, good. Uh, Thanks so much. And, 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 Thank you to uh, Mitch from Millennium PR uh, as well for setting that up for us as well. So, yeah, sure. awesome, guys. All right. Uh, Thanks. Have a good, have a good night, Danielle and Bye. Matthew. Yeah. Thank you, guys, too. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Great talking to you guys. Bye. Bye. Wow. That was awesome. Matthew Lawrence and Danielle. They're a lot of fun. They were a lot <laughs> of fun. Oh my God, too. she was so beautiful. Danielle, see, Ryan. Yeah. Ouch. Beauty. And she was yeah, like, so I loved, I loved her personality. It was like so, like there was just like, she was so light and ha- mm-hmm. she seemed really happy and mm-hmm. right, like yeah, good vibe. Mm-hmm. Good oh look, vibe. you haven't had a chance to see it, but you will, yeah. What the, the movie? Uh, I saw the trailer. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. Yeah, okay. Cool. Well, now that I know that he was that he was um. Heather Lockler's baby. Heather Lockler's baby in Dynasty, man. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> he was in so I'm much stuff. All, Young. I'm gonna watch all of his movies. I actually, yeah. I, I actually like Googled him while we were talking, you know, because I. I was like, <laughs> they, he was in a bunch of Disney movies. Um, yeah, Younger Ally. Like, I feel like I've seen him be before. Like flipping like, out I, right now. I, yeah. Younger Ally is already flipping out. Oh what are you talking gosh. about? You're flipping out now. I know. I'm like, it's funny because like I never really get like nervous like doing like the interviews, but I'm like, oh my god, it's not even. Did you did you get a little nervous with this one? I did because like growing up, like I was a huge fan of the Lawrence brothers, especially him and Andy, because I'm um the same age as the um his little brother. Right. And so like I was I had a crush on both of them. He was really cool. <laughs> he was like really down to earth. Really well, glad cool. I can make your night, Allie. So so nice. <laughs> I guess tonight. So not. So not fake. He was like so. He was, yeah. he was like a normal guy. Like so mm-hmm. not affected. You know, not affected. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to the list. Um. So before we uh had to take a classic cut break, we finished Star Wars talk. Um. But um. Other stuff on Disney Plus, and that's number nine on my list, includes Willow, a new live action 
series. Um, the trailer was awesome. Did anyone get a chance to see it? The trailer, Willow. Again, this is um, the story began in the Ron Howard directed film with Warwick Davis from a New Ellen village and an infant girl destined to unite the realms. And now in a magical world where sorcerers, trolls, and other mystical creatures flourish, the adventure continues, and an unlikely group of heroes set off on a dangerous quest to places far beyond their home. So beautiful trailer, great cinematography. Um, I love how it, it, it's a sequel series. So it's a sequel for the, the movie, uh, Willow, and uh, and November 30th, 2022. So I think that's why they're not doing Mandalorian um, for the for the holiday season. This is because they want Willow to drop, and they're not going to drop at the same time. And Disney's smart. If you notice, they don't drop a, a Star Wars series and um, a Marvel series at the same time. Is there that's anything that. new on Disney, like Marvel movie, any new Marvel movie that's new? Well, uh, Disney Plus is focusing yeah. on the series, and we we just saw the Moon Knight series. So oh, uh, yeah. Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel Ms. starts Marvel. in like a week. That starts in a oh. week. Okay. That looks Ms. so Marvel good. I'm so week. excited for that one. She-Hulk starts in a few next month, I believe. Awesome. It, um, probably July right after. August. Yeah, right. Probably right after Miss um, Marvel. Um, so I guess yeah, I'm excited have, for Miss Marvel. Yeah. So I guess we're gonna have a Marvel and Star Wars series uh, overlapping for the first time. Yeah, they did that with uh, Hawkeye and uh, Book of Boba Fett, too. Okay. Okay, so they did. Okay. Yeah. Disney is taking over the world. It is. It is. (laughs) Like, Netflix isn't even going to have a job anymore. Yeah, but you know what? They're no longer an autonomous region in Florida. Well, that's a different. That's ridiculous. it's true. <laughs> it is true. It's true. And that's now, a that's more like now, Ron DeSantis. Now Florida taxpayers are going to have to pay for all the th- for all the like for all the infrastructure and all the things, yeah. all the public services that Disney was mm-hmm. providing, you know, for Floridian. That so no, they're gonna. Have, I mean, it's they're gonna lose money on it. But anyway, as a gay man, I'm. I, I mean, I, it kind of pissed me off how mm-hmm. how long it took Disney to stand up for us considering so many of us work there and then so yeah. many of us right. like are fans right and, and i mean in america you know money rules and corporations will go with the where they can find the profits so i'm happy that he went that he made the decision to to back his like main like viewers fans and, and employees because most of the many right. of them are gay yeah. No. Oh. Um. So, so another. Yeah, man. I, I mean, was just in Miami. You. I was just in Miami. We feel you. We feel yeah. you, man. It was um, beautiful. Now the Pinocchio trailer, another great film. Um, that's gonna be on exclusively on Disney Plus. They just dropped a, a trailer for that. Tom Hanks is Geppetto, and uh, we don't get to see the the live Pinocchio. We only see Pinocchio as the doll initially in this trailer, but uh, I got to admit it was really good. I was really, really impressed with the trailer um, and really looking forward to uh, the mm-hmm. film when it drops on Disney+. Plus. Um, all right, uh, moving on to Netflix, number 10. So um, we're going to save Stranger Things talk for next week when I finally get a chance to see it. 
good because I have not right. seen it yet. And I'm like, I don't want any don't, spoilers. Well, yeah, I know. We, we, but, you know, uh, it was the most watched um, series during um, the May 23rd week with a record-breaking 286.79 million hours viewed globally. Holy smokes. So this marks the biggest premiere weekend ever for an English language TV show, uh, beating the previous record holder, Bridgerton. Um, so, wow. Um, so Netflix, uh, as we mentioned on the show, is going to be split into um, two parts. Um, part one has already dropped all seven, I believe, episodes. And then I thought it was eight, but it was it's seven. And then July 1st, we're going to get eight, episodes seven and nine sorry, eight and nine, which are going to be feature-length movie um, lengths of Stranger Things. So, um, That's exciting. Yeah. Wait, does anybody here watch Ozark? We talked about Ozark. Already. That's oh, old yeah. school. It was amazing. Oh, wait a minute. They just, they just, just, they just dropped the, sec- the, the second half. Yeah, but we talked about it. Like, All right, I'm month. sorry. I'm sorry. It's, okay. I just it's, okay. time. it's a good movie. It's a good show. That, uh, we loved Don't tell it. me what happened because I didn't finish watching okay, it. Okay, well, then the, you should have brought it up. <laughs> no, I was just curious. I was just curious. It was awesome. All right, we won't talk about Ozark because do you watch? Do you guys watch Legendary on HBO? Haven't no, I've never it. seen that. Oh. It's the coolest fucking show, dance dance reality competition. It's oh the, wow! It's yeah. the it's, it's it's like the it's like the voguing they vogue, and they compete against each other. Okay, and it is so good the dancing yeah. is insane if you like dance i highly recommend actually i have i have a news bit on um on gossip for so you think you can dance but so uh, some uh some something that caused an act to get fired but we'll get into that shortly um also on stranger things running up that hill um kate bush's song was uh, was <laughs> hit the top of the uh the charts for the first time I ever saw that 37 years later mm-hmm. after the song's release, and I believe the cover version of that song um, made it to the top of the rock charts, but it, it, it actually holds the number five spot on iTunes. This is a, a song that's 37 years old, guys, but it's a, a beautiful. It's be exciting for her to be like, oh. It's a beautiful song. Again. You gotta get your you gotta get your music mm-hmm. on on Netflix, guys, or, or Stranger mm-hmm. Things for that matter, because great things uh, are are uh, <laughs> gonna happen, you know, because so many people mm-hmm. so many people watch Stranger Things. Um, have you guys discussed about Netflix and how they're losing money and how they're and how they how they how, how they how they um like uh laid off a bunch of people and how they may they're gonna start cracking down on the use of the sharing of passwords? Well, yeah, I mean that that's inevitable. Inevitable, but one thing um that Netflix um is trying to do to retain subscribers because that that that's why they're losing revenue because it they need to change the model of dropping all the episodes at once. So what they what they should do and what they're doing with Stranger Things is dropping you know some of the episodes and then you know dropping the 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 second half of the episodes later. They did the same with Ozark. I didn't like I didn't so they like, have to do the same thing in order to I, retain subscribers because I, I don't think the model works because I disagree. a lot of I, cancel their subscription i didn't like i didn't like what they, they did with those arc i thought that was a mistake i thought it like created like effort. by the time i started watching it again i had already forgotten what happened so actually well, well they we, need to retain subscribers so if you put everything at but, once people but the, are going, 
I read a theory. This guy, this guy wrote an article about why this is happening, and he said that they're creating too many like mediocre shows, mm-hmm. like that you you know that like are not really like bringing in more subscribers. Like, yeah. like for example, HBO Plus has is, has higher quality in my opinion it's called hbo max by the way sorry sorry, hbo max sorry has a higher quality of shows yeah and and like well all right i I guess we can pivot you see what i'm saying um hbo max actually has an upcoming uh true detective season starring jodie foster wow um that's a pretty big get for hbo um the news the new uh, season will be um entitled um true detective night country and um i think that's great remember when she was in house of cards were you filming with her oh she directed an episode of yeah, house of cards. yeah yeah but she was never on camera no but she sat next to she sat yeah next close to the table hey are you in that new film are you doing any extra work in the for that new film in baltimore that they're shooting it's in a series by the way it's called lady in the lake okay. um um, haven't gotten any work. I, I don't really get booked for those period pieces lately. But I did work on We Own the City, which I, uh, is the last uh, thing on HBO I have here. Um, did anyone get a chance to check out episode six? There's only six episodes of this Baltimore-based uh, true I've crime only, story. I haven't, I haven't caught up yet. I'm like okay. four episodes in. But like, I mean, it's a, it's a true story. So like, based on know a true story, happens. we all know yeah. everybody gets yeah. locked up in the Gun Trace Task Force. Yeah. Um, but one one scene that they did so beautifully um, was there's a lot of um, ambiguity as to how um, uh, Sean Suter, who was the police detective, um, yeah. was killed. And they, they did it in such a great way um, when we saw it on episode six, because there's some people that think that he was legitimately shot and killed in the line of duty. And some people um, believe that he committed suicide. Well, I mean, he was there's a, there's enough like weirdness in that mm-hmm. story, like where, you know, because he was supposed to he was supposed to go and testify like uh, a few right. days after. Exactly. Uh, before a grand jury, which he possibly was a suspect in planting drugs mm-hmm. uh, in a car that um, was involved in an accident that killed um, a man, an innocent, innocent, innocent um, driver. So, um, you know, this is based on a true story, you know. Oleg, have you seen um, We Own the City? Because that's, that is Baltimore. <laughs> if you want to see a Baltimore series, uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. I live out. here. I don't need to see anything about it. <laughs> okay. That's enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Num- and and there's a lot about that show that makes Baltimore look like, I mean, it's true in a lot of ways, but yeah. man, Baltimore looks like a shithole in that show. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it when they Baltimore haven't. They well, you know, they they have traveled to more affluent areas. Uh, in yeah, their I've seen in the show, but the focus hasn't been on the affluent areas. It has been on the get the the, the hood areas. Yeah, um, but it's and, like just so much about it because it's like yeah. it just so corrupt and bleak and just everything that's wrong with everything you can imagine in yeah. terms of. You know, our public institution. I mean, The Wire did the same thing. The Wire, The Wire was a much more like it's weird to say this, but it was a much more optimistic show than We in the City is. And um, it's like, yeah, because I was, you know, like I do need to catch up. I haven't seen the last couple episodes, but I was like, 
thinking when I was watching this, I was like, oh my God, if you don't know Baltimore and you see this, yeah. you would fucking I highly hell. recommend anyone from the DMV <laughs> to check it out. Because you'll also see a lot of... I definitely need to watch it because I keep seeing like um, Paula was in an episode. Um, oh, yes. Brian Thomas. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of great that's, that's amazing. local DMV actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, Ken Arnold we had on last week's show. Oh, cool. So check it out. We're going to sit on HBO. All right, let's try to get through this list here. Uh, number 12 is Peacock. Uh, Will Arnett has joined the cast of Twisted Metal. We announced previously that uh, Neth Campbell from House of Cards was, was in the cast. But Will's going to voice the character Sweet Tooth. Oh, the clown? Yes. I could see that. I could see yes, that. Will Arnett, yeah. That. So you must have been a Twisted Metal uh, fan because I am not familiar with the franchise. Well, I... I Calling me a fan might be stretching it, but I vaguely remember playing the video game. Right. <laughs> and I remember, and Sweet Tooth was like the clown who drives an ice cream truck. He was like the most yeah. memorable character. And uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you anything about the Twisted Metal lore or um, right. like what the story's about, but right. I just remember it was about people driving cars trying to kill each other. That's all I remember. It's also we in the city, isn't it? <laughs> um, number thirteen, Hulu. Alexis Bledel leading the Handmaid's Tale hit ahead of season five. She played Emily since the series premiered. Was that? It was Emily. Does anybody else here watch that show? Yeah, she played Offgen. Is she the one? Is, wait, yes. was she was she the lesbian who got her clitoris? Emily, Nick? aka Offgen. That's her character. Yeah. Is that the one that she got seemed her? like a docile handmaid who later admitted uh, to Elizabeth Moss that she's lesbian. Yeah, which okay, was forbidden. Uh, Emily was exiled to the brutal colonies after she purposely and she, drove and she got over her, commander in a cheerworthy moment. And she got and her won a supporting head. actress Emmy. Yeah. So that's a lead um, in one of the leads <sighs> in Handmaid's Tale leaving. This is a big loss for the Fear of the Walking Dead. Alicia Debman Carey is leaving Fear the Walking Dead. Um, and um, she, you know, has new opportunities um, that she's going to do, like directing. Um, and, um, yeah, she's done, she's been on the show for seven years, 100 episodes, and she wants to move on as an actor and a person in a lengthy post. Um, definitely miss her, especially since she, they brought back um, Kim Dickens, who plays her mother, um, Madison. So I guess they brought back Madison. Sadly, Alicia is leaving the show. Um, she's also in the new Hulu series, St. X. Also on Paramount Plus, Juliana Margulies is leaving The Good Wife before the final uh, season six. So um, The Good Wife, um, sorry, The Good Fight is uh, coming to an end for the upcoming season six. Also, we're getting a Fatal Attraction series. Um, Amanda Peet joining the cast is Beth Gallagher, the loyal wife of Dan Gallagher, played by Joshua Jackson. Um, so this is kind of based, I guess, on the 80s movie. You know, the, the psychosexual thriller, Fatal, fatal Attraction. Um, and uh, I think it's worth a look. I'll have to check it out. Um, and also... The, the amazing, the great Owen Wilson, who you should see in Loki, by the way, if you haven't seen it, will have a new um, superhero film called Secret Headquarters, an original superhero film. OK, 
um, follows a group of school children who discover the headquarters of a superhero and are forced to defend it from a crew of villains. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, doing an original story that's not tied to DC or Marvel. Uh, and it's not, it don't, doesn't appear to be based on any comic book, does it? Are you familiar with the Secret Headquarters, Zod? No, there's a, that's entirely, I mean, I can't think of, uh, yeah, there's, that's not a property that, um, yeah. I mean, they, there, there have been comic book stories that are kind of similar to that, but it's right. like, um, but, you know, nothing like that. I'm guessing Owen Wilson plays like the hero that, um, the kids are trying to protect. That would be a, a very prop, a proper assumption. Um, <laughs> I guess they didn't really specify oh, um, what his character is here. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll have to check it out. Incident, incidentally, speaking of Owen, he just had his uh, tire stolen from his Tesla uh, parked outside of his Santa Monica home. Um, and those Tesla tires are like 4000 so... I'm sure he has good insurance, and that will be. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, number 16, the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Um, they're going to follow what they did last year. They're going to have Movie and TV Awards on one night and then have the Unscripted, which is all of Oleg's favorite, Alex's favorite reality shows on a second night. Um, I know you're a big reality TV uh, fictionado. <laughs> Alex, I only, uh, watch, only watch Drag Race and now Legendary. That's okay. Cool. There yeah. you go. Oh, you got two there. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, Vanessa Hudgens will be the host. Um, but they have had some great presenters: Chris Evans, La- Lana Condor, Aquafina, Billy Eichner, Joe Keery, Jamie Campbell Brewer, uh, among the presenters for the upcoming MTV Moving TV Awards, uh, which uh, happens uh, this uh, Sunday. So Sunday, June 5th at 8 p.m. Um, all right. Um, this is uh, the dance show that I was alluding to. So You Think You Can Dance. Remember Matthew Morrison from Glee? Apparently, he was fired as a judge from the show because he was flirting. He? he was flirting with one of the contestants via instant messenger or direct messaging. Uh, and if you're a judge, you're not supposed to have an inappropriate relationship. Any kind uh, of relationship. Because it could be... Yeah, um, it's it's bias. special treatment. Yeah, special treatment bias. I mean, I thought Matthew's smarter than that, right? Yeah, can yeah. wait until after the show. After the show, <laughs> then he, he lost his job. So apparently, he breached protocol. He sent mm-hmm. a lot of flirty messages to one of the contestants, and she felt uncomfortable and reported him to the producers. Can you believe it? Uh, so uh, Matthew Morrison said having to be having the opportunity to be a judge was an incredible honor, but it's my deepest regret to inform you that I will be leaving the show after filming audition rounds and completing a selection of 12 finalists. I did not follow competition production protocols, preventing me from being a judge. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, flirty like messages, flirty messages that just. Crossed the line. They never met in person, but I guess he wanted to meet her when, uh, <laughs> and then it never hooked up or anything like that. But it was just the content of the messages were very flirty, and, and it uh, could have gotten her into trouble too. 
It could have gotten her in trouble too because yeah. she mm-hmm. lost. So she probably did the right thing. I mean, I'm sure she feels bad for costing him the job, but I don't know. Um, and number 18, we just mentioned Kevin Kevin Spacey's charges, four um, charges of um, sexual assault. Um, and they were announced uh, on Thursday, last Thursday, by UK's Crown Prosecution Services, which spent a year reviewing um, the cases. Um, um and pass them off to the Metropolitan Police. So four counts of, of sexual, assault, uh, sexual assault against three men. So um, he's got that to deal with. All right, number 19, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, guys. Yes, Johnny Depp has been awarded $15 million in his wow. defamation case against ex-wife Amber Heard. So she's, if she's going to have to pay that shit out of her, po- out of her pocketbook. Yeah, well... One thing is she did win $2 million, which I guess um, Johnny's agent's responsible for because it was proven that the the agent committed um, defamation of malice as well. So she's got to come up with $13 million. So, so let's talk about this, y'all. Okay. <laughs> okay. I knew you had something insightful to say. I mean, about I mean, I mean. Was it did the jury? Was it was it a jury? Or was it just a it judge? It was a jury. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So did you so, not watch? So so, 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 so the jury found both parties liable. They reached uh, a verdict I, in the Virginia court. But they I spent read, three days deliberating, and they made an announcement today um, that although both of them are, um, you know, have damage, you know, um, damages you know, that they were awarded, you know, with that fifteen million and Amber two million. It's still a lopsided win um, for Johnny Depp. No, but I I read that the jury decided that she had that she basically did not have the right to write that, you know, oh, you know, editorial, whatever, in the New York Times. The op-ed, yes, yes, I yeah, know. She but... was the op-ed. She that. That's, yeah, she was she was guilty. She was guilty of defamation. Yeah. yeah, Johnny Depp won that the case. She, yeah. she won fifteen yeah. million. However, in her countersuit, she won two million. I mean, I couldn't watch from just, the lawyer. From the, the sorry, thing. the agent. Yeah, um, the, the whole thing made me sick. But I just want to say, like, mm-hmm. I like her. I liked her. I thought she was beautiful. You know, like she's she was gorgeous. She's beautiful. Yeah, I met her. I party with her. And she's a great actress too. Mm-hmm. I think, like everything I've seen her in. But for a jury to find her guilty. That mu- there must have been some serious fucking evidence that like we didn't hear. That well, that I've been following this case very. That convinced. Well, I've been following. Fucking lie, basically. It, well, the thing was is that she lie. only had one credible witness, her sister, mm-hmm. and the jury. I don't think was buying that as credible enough because that's family. You're gonna stick up for your family no matter what. Whereas there was Johnny even Pat, a time where she like, um, gave bruises on her sister. <laughs> That didn't look good either. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, Johnny Depp had so many witnesses in his mm-hmm. favor. Like yeah. Forensic forensic scientists. He had Kate Moss that that mm-hmm. that said that she had never been uh, abused or or you know, and um, denied the 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 alleged. So is she being like pushed down the stairs thing? So there's so like, many she, witnesses. Does she, does she have Depp's like team. some kind of a personality disorder or something? I like, think she is are. diagnosed with like narcissistic. Borderline. Um, borderline. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were yeah. saying they they were trying Histrionic to diagnose personality disorder. 
I mean, that just sounds like that just sounds insane. Like to do something like that, like to make mm-hmm. up, make up that your husband is beating you, like to do that. I think she would like. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like she did something. Oh. Like. They're both pretty bad to each other, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that Johnny never, never, never hit her or sexually Mm -hmm. abused her. He might have gotten really violent with bottles and and cabinets. Like Uh, I I do a lot of drugs. I think she just brought out like she was just very toxic for him. Toxic. She just brought mm -hmm. the bad in him. Yeah. They brought the bad in each other. You know. Do you think she's ever? Do you, do you think she's ever? She's gonna recover from this because there's so many beautiful women and she's already like in her thirties. She's in her mid thirties. Um, I don't. She, I. It would not, be it would be really hard yeah. for me to imagine her. I think her, her, maybe uh, maybe maybe she might like she she mm-hmm. won't be at the same level that she was. Mm-hmm. Maybe like some kind of Lindsay Lohan esque um rebirth. Level? She, yeah, level she might be able to. I think Aquaman but... 2 is it for her for the major because mm-hmm. they they're not going to edit her out. You, I don't think. Yeah. Oh, are they, they are they keeping her in? Are they're they keeping, keeping her? They're, they're making her, her a very small part. They they minimize the role, uh, but they're keeping her in. Maybe she already shot her scenes, and it'll just be too much to replace her and reshoot. So think, she'll get Aquaman too. Do you think it's going to be like Anne Hayes or something? Like, do you think she'll like re- like eventually people will like forgive her? Like people were already ready to forgive Kevin Spacey, and he's a fucking rapist. So what? Remind me what Anne Hayes did. What Anne Hayes did? Yeah, because she hasn't acted in a while, right? Or Anne Hayes major. Okay, Anne Hayes. You know, she when she left Ellen, you know. Uh She was like the most hated person in the country because she everybody thought that she was she like everybody thought that she just pretended to be a lesbian and she just used Ellen for publicity. Oh, I see. For publicity. But she's really she's, act, she's really she's act, really straight or bisexual. No, she's bisexual. Really. And right. then she had this like breakdown or something. She like went into the woods and was like hallucinating or something, or she was delusional. You know, and then and then like she, I think she married a man and had kids or something. And then and she, her career was never the same after. And that. that, yeah. Well, now it's only now is it starting to, you know, like get back to she, her career is right. proving now. But she's okay. dating. She's she's dating a woman now again. So okay. whenever, she, whenever she dates women, her career improves. But she it took her 20 years to rehabilitate herself but like this amber heard she's done you know yeah amber heard i mean she's still standing by her innocence and you know what if she was really abused it's really really sad if she really was hit and abused it's really really sad well the jury found otherwise and johnny depp there's a lot against her yeah i got i gotta say you know for jury to find her guilty of lying or not you know just there must have been a lot of evidence there you know that's she also um abused her ex-girlfriend as well yeah see that didn't mm-hmm. that didn't work in her favor either and then chopping um, off and chopping Johnny off Johnny Depp's, Depp's finger with with the bottle mm-hmm. so and then there's even know. on video her saying that like she was like I hit you I didn't punch you and right. it's like abuse is abuse regardless Right, and I and think the she, evidence was was more. Mm-hmm. They she, there are more evidence of abuse on her and on her uh, more evidence than Johnny. We just saw Johnny just destroying a bunch of cabinets mm-hmm. and throwing and glass. She poo pooed and she left poo poo. Yeah, she she, she, she <laughs> fecal matter store. She's not owning up to it though. She's still, <laughs> she's still blaming it on the dog. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. I, I, 
I'm team Johnny Depp, you know, because I like him because everybody right. loves him. But I feel bad for her. And I just wish that this didn't this never happened for either of them, you know, because yeah. they, they but actually both of them did not look good. You know, mm. putting their dirty laundry up like that for everybody to see. It was just not a good. Yeah. It's just not a good. So this was PR. Amber's official statement. She said, the disappointment I feel today is beyond words. I'm heartbroken that the mountain of evidence still was not enough to stand up to, to the dis- disproportionate power, influence, and sway of my ex-husband. If I was her, I'd be suicidal. She was like, she was like, she could have been A-list. She was on her way to be A-list, and now yeah. her career is dead. That well, would... We'll see what happens because, yeah, uh, uh, one thing that was interesting that Johnny Depp was not uh, at trial day. He went to England to perform. Um, he was in the UK uh, right. to perform um, one of his bandmates, and I uh, can't recall who it was. And he, he was watching, you know, the live feed from England or, or for wherever he was in Europe. You but know what? He He's was a, not in attendance yeah, when they read the yeah. verdict. Because I would have really loved to have seen Johnny Depp's face. You think they'll bring him back to Pirates of the Caribbean? Well, before the verdict was read, he wasn't in the plans. come back to it. Right. Yeah, well, he was in the plans. But this could change. They they want Margot Robbie involved. But I don't know, you know. I mean, this is... We'll just have to wait and see what happens there. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and... uh. This is what Johnny Depp said. He said, six years ago, my life, my children, the lives of those closest to me, um, and people who supported me for many years, uh, were forever changed, all in the blink of an eye. False, very serious criminal allegations were levied at me via the media, triggered an endless barrage of hateful content, although no charges were brought against me. It had already been, I, it had already been traveled around the world twice within a nanoseconds, and it had a seismic impact on my life and career. And six years later, the jury gave me my life back. I am truly humbled. So, well, apparently also yeah. like, he, also he, like he had like a bad, like, like financial advisor or something, but like he lost, I think he lost like all his money or something. That's what I read. Like he he's lost still it. worth a lot. I, I don't think, and, and the fact that he only has to pay Amber 2 million, <laughs> but Amber has to pay him 13 million. Yes, that that right, fifteen million one way, two million another way, and the the difference of that is thirteen million. Yeah, so, but I think uh, that's gonna go directly from his agent because agents was the one that made the comments. Um, so we'll see what happens there. And the last thing on my list, guys, is we had a major um, celebrity death um, this week, and it's Ray Liotta, uh, acclaimed actor known for Goodfellas, Field of Dreams, many more. Has died at the age of 67, died in his sleep while he was on in the Dominican Republic shooting an upcoming film called Dangerous Waters. Yeah, that was a big shock. That like Isn't that a shock? 67, only 67. But he looked like he partied hard his whole life. That's what it looked really? like. Really? Like he smoked. Like he smoked. Like Wait, he- they didn't allude to a cause of death, did they? Uh, they just said he died in his sleep. So. Yeah, well, when you drink really heavily and smoke heavily your whole life, your chances of living so up till 70 decrease. I don't know. But, but he had a great That's life. such a career, though. I mean, he's got an upcoming – it's funny you mentioned um, partying, uh, Alex, but he's got a movie called Cocaine Bear. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he was great. He was he was he was gorgeous when he was he, when he was, he was gorgeous. Younger. Yeah. He was okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean he was still yeah he's still a good looking man, older you know like older man. Not your type though. Now. I don't know. I mean, he's a little old for me now, but ten yeah. years. Ten well, years. He's also a little dead for you now, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, you know, maybe the rigor mortis. You know, like. Oh, okay. Stop. Is that disgusting? That's horrible, horrible. But this movie, <laughs> Cocaine Bear, I'm really looking forward to. It's based on a true story, a true story where a cocaine uh, was ingested by an actual grizzly bear, and the, the bear just went <laughs> crazy. Wow. You know? That's yeah, so funny. I mean. He's uh he's forever going to be enshrined in like you know for pretty much for Goodfellas. Goodfellas yes. is I know he's done. I mean he's done a lot of stuff and he's like uh, yeah. But I mean that is like at least for me that is forever going to be what I associate him yeah. with. And um yeah it's uh it's a shame but he's he's left a legacy where he's uh he's in one of you know personally what i think one of the greatest movies ever made and so it, he'll Good have... is one of the greatest movies ever made in your opinion yeah i think so i think so wow. I think it's definitely it's definitely like on the top like 100 list of the best movies yeah ever made, really sure. yeah like mm-hmm. most most like like most like really well-known and well-respected critics you know, put it pretty high up. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely it's considered, in yeah. Yeah. It's considered one of, the best, one of the best movies made. So before we go, I was just, I mean, you guys, probably, yeah. Did you guys, go, talk about, did you guys talk about like that show with Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee? It's on some That's point. old, bro. Oh, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> That's old. I'm, I'm going to wrap up the show. we got a couple rest in peace announcements. Okay. All right. So also we lost Charles Siebert, a character actor, Character actor who is known for his role as um, Dr. Stanley Riverside on Trapper John MD. We also lost Bo Hopkins, the actor who appeared in classics like American Graffiti, Midnight Express, The Wild Bunch, had sadly passed away at the age of 80. Ronnie Hawkins, Southern rockabilly singer, um, had passed away at the age of 87. Alan White, the seasoned rock drummer who worked with Two former Beatles by the time he turned 21, best known for his long tenure with the British progressive rock band Yes, a died mm-hmm. at the age of 72. And this one, last one, hits really close to home for me because one of my favorite bands growing up was the Pesh Mode. And oh, yeah, Depeche that's Mode, really sad, yeah. Pesh Mode lost Andy Fletcher, who is the, uh, played synthesizer. He was a keyboardist for the Pesh Mode, but was really the glue that held the band together. So he even said uh, jokingly that uh, on uh, the Pesh Mode's uh, documentary called 101, that Martin's a songwriter, Alan's a good musician, Dave's the vocalist, I just bum around. Um, but uh, pretty much he was like the businessman, had handled a lot of the business aspects from the band. Um, and... Uh, also, uh, we do a lot of the PR for the band and everything that, you know, that the band needed to be successful. Because, you know, he really didn't. I mean, I saw when I see the Peshmerga a concert, he'll just be holding his hands, raising his hands in the air, not really playing the key. Hey, Al, I see, I see, I see your um, armpit hair coming out. 
I don't think you can see any of that. I see it. It's coming out. It's so long. <laughs> oh, wait. There's like a hole right here. I didn't even realize on this shirt. Oh, you got one, oh. too? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Hold I, on. Um, I, just, I just realized that. Should I, while next I was time thinking. if I wear a tank top, should I shave? Should I shave? Yeah, my me, well, I'll just keep her. The, the arms should be in a closed position. Uh, <laughs> But um, one one uh, the uh, you know picking a song for the Peshmo for the closing cut the classic cut uh, you know there's so many songs in the Peshmo they have a long long catalog of great hits and uh, this is one of the the Peshmo was on the verge of possibly breaking up in 2001 uh, from the 2001 Exciter album and apparently uh, Dave Gahan's and Martin Gore's friendship had, had been fractured. And it hit rock bottom. Apparently, there's a lot of financial and legal issues. And yeah, Dave, uh, got, Dave got and like tried to commit suicide like three times. I remember? Yeah, it got really yeah. dark. Yeah. But Andy Fletcher, I know, and it's and, and he, it's it's interesting because he Dave Gahan committed tried to commit suicide, but sadly we lost Andy Fletcher. Yeah. But he became involved um, to um, basically um, playing peacemaker. And helped extend the Pesh Mode's career uh, for the last two decades. So I had to choose a uh, a song from the Exciter album um, to close out tonight's um, show. And of course, uh, no cause of death. Just like Ray, Lo- Ray Liotta, I guess they have to do the autopsy, or maybe they just haven't disclosed what took Andy Fletcher's life. But um, yeah, certainly really sad that we're gonna. Um, end tonight's show with um, Depeche Mode, and uh, I'll announce that song shortly, but with uh, Death We Have to Celebrate Life for some happy birthday shout-outs. Morgan Freeman is 85. Brian Cox is 76. Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones is 75. Jonathan Price is 75 as well. Um, another great band, The Cure. Simon Gallick of The Cure is 62. Mark Gosh. Curry. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, 61. Heidi Klum is 49. Alanis Morissette's 48. Sarah Wayne Callies from Walking Dead is 45. Amy Schumer is 41. Towson University's own. <laughs> Zazie Beats is 31. And Willow Shields from The Hunger Games is 22. That's birthdays today. So, uh, wow, we'd like to thank uh, everyone on the panel. Uh, was a great, great show, of course, earlier in the program. The King of the 80s, Chachi McFly. We'd also like to thank, that's right, Mike the General Zod, the Persian Prince of Pop Culture. Alexis calls you the comic god, right? The Persian the comic, comic god. god. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, I just collect nicknames. What can I tell you? I love it. Yeah, I love it. it. And we now have Alex the Fierce, formerly Oleg. Now Alex the Fierce. You might want to change the name on your uh, so Alex, it says says Oleg there, so that way it's uh, Oleg the Fierce is fine too. Either way, oh Oleg Alex the or okay. Oleg the Fierce is okay. Oh Oleg, Oleg or Alex the Fierce is okay. Yeah, I like it. All right, all right, the adorable one, Ali Dash. Thank you so much, um, Ali Dash, and myself will be covering um, day one of Awesome Con. So we're looking forward to that, right? Yes. Yes. Can't wait to see who we get to meet and talk to um, for more amazing content here on Below the Belt Show. All right. We're going to close out with um, 
uh, my favorite song uh, from the Exciter album, The Pesh Mode, for the closing cut, as as well as another pre-recorded interview um, from the Purple Carpet, the Creative Coalition, and another interview by Chachi McFly with Barry getting another season. Um, Anthony Carrigan. Wow. And this is a great interview that Chachi conducted with Anthony um, talking about um, – because he suffers from alopecia, and mm. you got to listen to this because he has a very interesting response. Uh, because alopecia was brought back when the Will Smith and um, Chris Rock incident from the Oscars, the altercation on stage happened um, due to the joke about Jada's alopecia. And um, this this is an interesting one, guys, for sure. All, All right, right, guys. On Next behalf week, everyone, of everyone, bye. On the panel. Michael Hope will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. <laughs> and I'm only here to bring you free love. Let's make it clear that this is free love. Hey guys, I'm here with Anthony Kerrigan, you know, from the hit show Barry. How you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. Yeah, doing fantastic. Thank you. We're here today. We're celebrating the arts. We're trying to keep arts in school. How important is this topic to you? It's the most important. Honestly, uh, you, can't, you can't really do anything without the arts. It is, uh, it's fundamental, not only in terms of education, but just in terms of your own mental well-being. I mean, we've all gone through the pandemic, and we know how heavily we relied on, on you know, art, music, and, and just to keep us sane, just to keep us grounded. So it's, it's incredibly important. And the arts took a big hit during COVID. A lot of productions shut down. Um, is that why Barry took so long to come back for season three? I'm afraid so. I'm afraid so. We were kind of just waiting, waiting for the storm to clear enough for us to go back into production. But, but we did, and, and it worked out well. So the um, new season's pretty fun. What can we expect of the season? From oh. <laughs> like absolutely, give us all kind of spoil. Spoilers. <laughs> no, it's 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 really wonderful. We're all really proud of it. Uh, we we worked really hard. Once we were able to get back into it, we didn't take a minute for granted. Okay. Okay. And you, you've been in so many different hits, um, hit um, shows over the years and movies. You're just recently in Bill and Ted Face the Music. How was that experience working with such a like cult classic type of movie? It was incredible. I mean, it was like one of those pinch me moments where you really just can't believe that you are, uh, you know, standing next to Keanu Reeves and, and Alex Winter. I mean, th- those guys are just legends and, uh, yeah, just dream project. People always say in person how nice Keanu Reeves is. Is that true, like, even on the set? It's very true. He's such a good guy. He's very down to earth, and and he's he's such a sweetheart. Just the uh, you know uh, absolute absolute gentleman. Okay. I know you've been outspoken in the past about alopecia. I don't know if you would like to talk about it now. And um, you know, you saw what happened in the Oscars. Has that brought more attention to this um, topic? And have you seen any kind of um, you know increased funding or anything that happened since then? Well, it certainly has brought a lot of attention to the topic. I mean, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's been muddled by all the other facets of, of uh, what happened, in, you know, during that incident. But at the same time, it's been Googled more now more than ever. Oh, yeah. And the conversation is including alopecia a lot more. So hopefully people are, are uh, learning more about it and it's becoming more normalized. 
Is there any kind of breakthrough with alopecia that have you heard coming down the pike? Oh, I, I haven't heard anything. I, I I don't know. If an if uh, if a cure did come out, I don't think I would take it. I think HBO would probably fire me. Cause I'm, Are you looking now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel great. <laughs> All right. Um, so, anything else you want to see this weekend? Anybody you want to meet this weekend um, with oh, the White House Correspondents Dinner? I'm just I'm just here to have a good time. I'm I'm you know. I'm just having a blast. I always have a wonderful time here with the Creative Coalition, yes. and uh, and it's important work that they're all doing. So I'm just Very happy important. to be part yes. of it. Hi, right, Anthony. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, "Until next time, keep chilling like a villain." Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.